Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. So no fail is just kind of bringing it back to like, hey man, what were you taught when you learned how to ride a bike? Having a flyer go off somewhere else is almost as serious as a pistol shot for us. I think because I mean the original weapon lights that were issued were like what, 60 meters or something like yep. that? Yeah. Hey everyone, Matt Lanford here with Primary and Secondary. Welcome to Modcast. This is episode 233 and it is another open mic quarantine and this one is number 10. Today is April 4th, 2020. Sadly, I, well, I have some, I have some news to report. It's, uh, it's a loss. Last night's five hours, and I don't know how many minutes, didn't get recorded somehow. I think part of the issue is that I started it on my phone and then jumped over here and uh, yeah, it didn't get saved. So let this be a lesson to me. Yeah. A lot of good discussion, but things happen. It's a learning experience. Um, if anything, maybe this will help emphasize the importance of catching these live or something. So uh, big thanks to our, to our sponsors. Big thanks to um, Filster. If you're one of those people that likes to be prepared, if you like to carry things on you that has, oh, you know, like a purpose. Most everyone that's watching probably carries some form of a knife or a gun or how many people are carrying medical? The odds of you needing some form of medical, specifically like a tourniquet, is probably far greater than needing that, needing that gun. Now, I'm not saying don't carry a gun, but I'm saying if you haven't considered carrying something like a tourniquet and also taking the appropriate training, you're kind of missing out. You're, you're shortchanging yourself. So Filster has a lot of really cool low-profile medical options uh, that allow you to carry uh, important medical gear on you in a covert and concealed manner. That's Filster. Facts on firearms, uh, they produce high quality barrels, AR-15 barrels, AK barrels, pistol barrels, all kinds of colors. Also with those rifle barrels, different, uh, different gas systems and overall lengths. A lot of people are building rifles at the moment, or assembling, I should say. Filster, or Faxon, happens to have parts for sale. Um, also, Walther Firearms. If your gun store happens to have stuff available, check out the Walther. PPQ specifically. I'm a fan of that. I'm kind of actually, I'm, I'm excited to see the uh, Steel Frame Q4. But the PPQ, just the normal M2, M2 means the uh, button mag release, not the paddle, which is the M1. So PPQ M2 is a very, very uh, decently priced, reliable, accurate, nice handgun. If you haven't checked it out, you probably need to. Also, big thanks to our Patreon subscribers. Without your support, um, 
well, we wouldn't be doing this nightly. But also um, a lot of this, well, we need to find funding somehow and Patreon actually happens to help with that. So thank you to the Patreon subscribers. If you go to patreon.com slash primary and secondary, you can help support all of this. Um, also, what is very important, if you're not able to support financially, you can support by sharing. You can support by providing likes. When you see this stuff, share it. And that goes to the, the next item that I like to bring up. Make sure you're sharing those sources that you have found to be beneficial. If you watch a YouTube video or some video on social media, and it provides some form of an impact on your life, it gives you some different insight or something. There's something good that comes out of it. Make sure you share it. Make sure you give credit where credit's due. Make sure you're given likes. Um, there's some, there are some awesome sources of information out there. And unfortunately, those awesome sources of information are kind of, uh, well, they're drowned out by the fans of the not so good source of information. So likes, shares, subscriptions, those are all currency in today's social media environment. Let's see here. So with this being an open mic, I have no idea who's gonna be jumping in. Better put on my ears so I can hear them. Okay, so. Now, I was under the impression with this, you should have access to all the admin stuff. Uh, I did when I logged in and I started and like hosted. Yeah. Um, let's see. I don't know if I do or not at this point. Okay, so if you're looking at the panelists or the attendees. Uh-huh. I see panelists and attendees. Can you click on more next to one of them? Okay, Ron Carter. Do you see Ron Carter? I do. Click on his name. Uh-huh. And go to more? Uh, no. Okay. I can't click him. It just says chat. Dang it. We'll figure this out. Okay. We'll figure well, this I out. Mean, either way, I, uh, I really appreciate you at least giving me the opportunity to play with this and yeah. pretend like I'm the host and know what I'm doing. So That sounds good um, to me. Yeah. And we have Ron Carter here. Gentlemen. Hello, Hello Ron. <laughs> How are you? All Good. is well over here. So glad to hear that. We're all slowly going crazy. Hey, I've been there for a long time, man. You know, welcome to the party. Yeah. Good timing, too, for coming in. I wasn't actually anticipating you to even be a panelist, but I saw you and I thought, oh, no, let's get him on. Oh, well, th thank you so much. No kidding. Uh, I, I have evacuated my... Uh, my family and I to the middle of nowhere, Arkansas, where I'm currently at my my mother and father. So, hey, this is a this is a fun time for me to uh, be able to do something other than sit around. Yeah, yeah. I don't know though. So I go to Arkansas once every year, every couple years. I love going yeah. out there. Yeah. So uh, I, my with my real job, I I'm in and out of Arkansas a lot, but I rarely get to do any of the cool guys stuff outside of Little Rock, right? So. Yeah. Uh, you know, hunting, fishing, all that good stuff in Arkansas is what I'm, I'm good at. But, you know, in Colorado, yeah, I, uh, I, I do more of the, the cool guy stuff, I, I suppose you would say. So speaking of cool guy stuff, what are you seeing on the horizon as far as rights are concerned and everything that's going on? Oh, that is a fantastic question. Oh, that's what I'm paid uh, for. Oh, man. Uh, I, I see a degradation of rights right now at a rate that I'd never before thought I would see or be possible and people willingly giving up rights 
one just for a little bit of safety oh my gosh and not even really safety i know you know it seems like every time we turn around either the federal government the cdc or, or someone else is saying that you know now we need to wear masks or now we need to take this protective measure and you know i i came out here really to evacuate my my family but also to kind of help my mom and dad out in case something crazy happens. Well, my dad is, uh, he's a deacon in his church. And so now they can't meet or at least have persons over 10 people meet. And so they're trying to weather that storm. How, how do they function as a church? How do they function as a, a, an entity that's trying to provide some sort of, uh, you know, assistance to their community. And, and they, they have, they have their hands tied behind their backs as far as the, the current abuses, I, I believe, of power from you know the state and federal levels and so man i i am just terribly concerned that uh, we're seeing a degradation of rights but also a degradation of rights that will be perpetual that yes. won't be uh taken back you know all i've seen is escalation you know it's continually escalated it hasn't de-escalated at all and so that has me more worried that than anything really how, how are things out in arkansas because i have my in-laws live in uh hot springs village and I'm, you know, they're fairly removed from Little Rock and, and stuff like that, but I'm hearing bits and pieces from them. Uh, you know, our, Arkansas is so diverse. You know, you mentioned Hot Springs, and, and that's usually a touristy-style town that is now just practically a ghost town. Well, they're in uh, Hot Springs Little, Village, not Hot Springs. Village. So they're right, about right, 40, me, 30, more, 30 minutes or so? Yeah. Yeah, still, I mean, that whole area is dramatically affected by, you know, tourism, even if you're, if it's a community, uh, yeah. you know, at least in that area. Well, Little Rock itself is, man, it's just, it seems like a prison ward more so than anything. You know, I've been in and out of the airport recently and, uh, you know, they're, they're doing work on the escalators inside the building, but there's no traffic. So you go in the, the elevator, the only up and down transportation, and there's no one in the elevator. So. Uh, that's oh. weird. Out out where I'm at in southeastern Arkansas, the middle of nowhere, uh, you know, it's business as usual, with the exception that the grocery stores are taking weird measures like the, you know, the Walmart that's closest to us has all of its carts stacked up in front of the entrance and exit trying to, to corral people. And, you know, I'm thinking, man, that fire marshal comes in here, he's going to be really pissed off. <laughs> but, but other than that, Arkansas is completely... Uh, early southeastern Arkansas is is probably the freest style of living that I have seen in the 15 states that I visited in the past two weeks. How many Utah? Uh, you know, I I did. Uh, I had a brief. Oh, that's right. Over in, yeah. in Salt Lake, and yeah. Oh my gosh, talk about depressing. Oh, oh no, it's uh, everything's open over here. Oh, what are you talking about open? Well, I guess I I was limited to the airport property. Yeah. Uh, the one, the one uh, restaurant that I like to eat at over there was closed and made me mad. Uh, yeah, I'll, the Red Iguana. Yeah. Most stores are wide open and everything. Business is normal as usual. People are staying in a lot more. Um, and also, I've noticed when people are out and about, they are taking precautions and things like that. Uh, Todd, for example, uh, when he's out and about, he makes sure he, at least he's wearing a condom. So that's yeah. good. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean it's. It's weird, you know, kind of reading, I've been reading Gary Hughes's posts about Salt Lake City and, you know, hearing kind of how it's affecting some of the smaller people like the fish market he goes to and, and stuff like that. It's interesting to hear stuff like that and then compare it to what I'm seeing here in Las Vegas. And it's spooky seeing Vegas as quiet as it is. I mean, I, I drove down the strip the other night at 830 at night and I was the only car on the road. 
There's no one out. There's no, you know, not even security patrolling the hotels for the most part, but they've just started doing some, for lack of a better term, messages with the lighting in the hotels. So like, you know, Vegas strong and hearts and stuff like that. And we sadly just had a state trooper killed out here. So they've been doing a lot of stuff in memoriam for him. Yeah, it's it's crazy times right now. In in Arkansas, are you guys seeing a lot of the the hoarding and the panic buying and like grocery store madness? Not nearly or, as much as I saw it in Colorado. Or uh, was that where you before? Things. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm commuting back and forth for my job, so uh, you know I'm I'm going to be back there on Monday, and uh, you know I'll be then back here on Thursday anyway. And and Colorado is tremendous amount of hoarding, and uh, out here not so much. Uh, it was in one of the grocery stores today. And I mean, there's toilet paper on the shelf. Uh, <laughs> so that's, that's a step up. Yeah. Do you think that has to do with the region? I mean, do you think it's because there's more farmland, more small communities versus bigger cities and stuff like that? Absolutely. Uh, I think a lot of the farmers in, in the agricultural areas, uh, they're very self-sufficient. And so their spending habits, their buying habits, are geared around, you know, weeks in between going to the store. So, you know, they're not as affected as the guy that, that goes every other day to the store. Absolutely. It's uh, it's sad because I was just reading something today at work and it was about dairy farmers and how they're actually having to dump out milk because people aren't buying it in their area. And so it's literally just getting dumped because they can't sell it. Whereas you know, out I here, they're limiting it. It's It's so crazy. I'm reading a book right now that uh, talks about the, the Great Depression and the Dust Bowl and the events leading up to it. In uh, 31, at one point in time, corn was negative three cents a bushel. It actually made you poorer by having corn. And one of the problems that they saw there was a lot of the farmers were turning to, to more of a militant uh, style, almost gangster operation where they were going to the, the dairy industry and forcing them to pour out their milk so that, you know, their prices would come up and, you know, they were burning, you know, wheat and stuff. So that prices would, would come up and, <laughs> you know, I, it's, it's such a strange time and, and funny how it kind of mirrors uh, the, the early thirties right now. So there was a, there was something else on there that was talking about how, like comparing directly the unemployment rates and how we're, Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Right now, just under where they were during the Great Depression. And me not knowing you, not knowing your background at all, how do you, how do you see this kind of going in your opinion? How long, what direction, stuff like that? You know, that, that's a really good question. So uh, my, my day job is in aviation, okay? I uh, work for an airline. And while we have not crossed the threshold of having to have furloughs yet, which we probably won't because of the CARES Act, and if any airline takes you know, any of that, they're actually forced not to furlough. But I, I just don't foresee a market like we have right now uh, being able to sustain as many workers as there are. I think there will be furloughs and more unemployment. Yeah. And, you know, it's a domino effect. Once you hit that one domino, they all start to fall and, and you know, a great recession, uh, another great depression. I, I, I don't think it necessarily will be depression because, well, frankly, we, we have a lot uh, more means of sustaining ourselves than, uh, you know, what the, uh, the 30s suitcase farmers had. But yeah, yeah, there's everywhere I go, it looks like there's going to be a recession unless you own an FFL. So interestingly enough, I work at a gun shop, a gun shop range, machine gun range out here in Vegas, and the the gun sales have significantly decreased in volume, but we are seeing more purchases per person. Like if, if someone comes in, our main focus right now is uh, doing one-on-one training for newer gun owners, and people are coming in that don't have firearms, and they're like, hey, I, I want to learn to shoot. And it's leading almost 100% of those people are, after having shot, are buying guns. And the first few days was madness. I mean, we were, had a line out the door. Everyone was, you know, I don't care what it is, I want it. And now it's like, well, hey, I shot this. What would be comparable? It's, it's a lull and a little bit more of an educational-minded purchase versus that gut, I don't care what it is, I need something. Man, that's so cool. I'm really happy to hear that. I was working at an FFL uh, just after the Colorado Aurora theater shooting and it, it was pandemonium madness you know dudes were coming in and wanting anything that was on the shelf <laughs> you know? yep. so uh yeah i'm glad to see that there's more education going into this this round of panic buying it's it's also i don't know we, one of our employees uh one of our other gunsmiths is kind of heading up the training aspect of stuff for us right now because our our gunsmithing side of things has very drastically slowed down and he's not really a people person uh, you know, he pretty much just wants to keep to himself. And he made the comment today that he forgot how fulfilling it is to teach people that want to learn. And hearing, hearing him say this, I mean, it was pretty obvious that the mindset of people coming in was that they were really open. They were really intent on learning the right way to do this for the right reasons. And I, I feel like that is something that you don't see enough of in the industry. Oh, 100%. You're absolutely right. And that, man, that makes me happy to hear. It really yeah. does. Yeah. Um, so having traveled to a, a number of different cities, would you, would you be able to venture a guess how long you think it is before you start seeing quarantines lifted and, you know, people starting to bounce back? Purely your opinion. Uh, yeah, honestly. Yeah, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm no subject matter expert, that's for sure. But uh, if, if I'm if I'm guessing, uh, I would say probably mid May to early June at the earliest. Okay. Uh, right now, as far as the airlines uh, schedule is, well, I'll, I'll tell you this: 
half of my flights that I was thankfully given for April, half of them have already canceled. And so by the time we end April, I'll most likely have flown only a quarter of the flights that, that I was given. And, you know, just looking at some of the projections that we have for May and June, it just looks horrible. I mean, terrible. We, thankfully, we had, uh, what was it, 4,000 crew members take voluntary time off for three months. So that, that eases up us a bit, but oh man, uh, you know, just by travel alone, if you, if you gauge how the economy is doing merely by travel, oh, holy smokes. It, yeah, uh, I'll be very happy to see any sort of, of uh, improvement, you, you know, as soon as possible. But yeah, June, late May is probably the most likely. So I, I don't know what part of aviation you're in. My mother is a retired flight attendant and she was based out of uh, Reagan National. And, you know, she still has a number of friends out there and just hearing secondhand what they're dealing with out there and, you know, all the cancellations and, you know, having flights with one or two people on them, but they can't cancel them because it's government officials flying to X city. You know, it's, it's really interesting to see that industry because I've, I've grown up around it. I mean, I was doing training flights with those guys when I was four and five years old and out on picket lines. And she, she said that the one thing that she is thankful for is that the, uh, the flight attendant union is, is really done a lot to make sure that they're not losing their benefits as retirees and all that stuff and, and keeping as many of those people employed as they possibly can. Yeah. That's one of the things that we saw in uh, just after 2001, of course, was, uh, you know, like all the pensions just went down the toilet quickly. Yeah. The restructuring of, uh, you know, a lot of those uh, uh, in chapter 11 airlines. Uh, and, you know, even in 2008 and nine, when there were mass furloughs, uh, you know, that was, that was a heavy hit. Uh, but, you know, I think this is a, Pretty, pretty much worse. Uh, in the past three weeks, none of my airplane have been over half capacity. So, in fact, you know, it's, it's more common that we see two and three people. Uh, <laughs> just to, I mean, it's, it's mind-numbing to me. Uh, the, the only time in my career that I've seen that little of uh, load factor, you know, passengers on the aircraft, have been either on holidays, like on Christmas Day, Christmas morning, you know, you know like two or three people on, on a flight, or uh, when we had the height of the recession in, you know, 2009, early 2009. And, you know, even then it doesn't really compare to, to what we're seeing on a daily basis across the nation. And it's really hit home more so in the international airports, you know. I mean, if you look at Dulles right now, I mean, absolute ghost town, uh, you know. It, there's no international flights coming out except for, you know, what is absolutely necessary by the, the federal government, you know, or, you know, military flights. Now I will say out here in Little Rock, I was happy when I landed the other day to see a couple of C-130s in the pattern. I always love seeing those guys, uh, you know, being able to, to, uh, you know, get some, uh, you know, touch and goes, but yeah, aviation as a whole is just kind of ground to a halt all of a sudden. How has, uh, how have precautions been, taken as far as like the planes and you know disinfectants what are what are the sops for that in regards to all of this yeah so the the sops changed very quickly uh, uh the airline that i worked for was very proactive in uh doing a, a number of things differently on the overnighting aircraft for disinfecting so uh yeah it's it's been nice and and on the turns when, once the aircraft comes into a, a location 
uh, we're now seeing cleaning crews come onto the aircraft just after and, and disinfect, which is kind of funny considering we'd only have like two or three people and they're disinfecting the airplane, the entire airplane. But, you know, hey, I'll take it. Uh, one of the things that, that kind of frustrated me this past week, we had a, another revision come out to our SOPs where now the in-flight service of anything under 800 miles is by request only. In other words, flight attendants will not be, you know, giving you a bag of, uh, you know, peanuts or pretzels or whatnot or, or a drink or anything unless you request it. So and that's kind of frustrating to me. Now, granted, it, it seemed to me in the, uh, as far as passengers were concerned that none of the passengers wanted contact with anybody. So, so they're not necessarily, uh, you know, raising a fit over that. But, man, you know, just when the airlines were really starting to come back uh, to a, a new level of service that hadn't been seen really since the 70s, now that's all down the toilet. So that actually kind of leads me to a different question and kind of different track. How do you see this shaping how the airline industry changes going forward? Because growing up, I remember, you know, no one got charged for check bags and, and it really kind of evolved into something different from the eighties and nineties to the two thousands. How do you see it affecting that and what direction do you see it heading? Well, the the check bags thing all revolves around the 2008 2009 uh, you know fuel crisis uh, and of course that that's when oil hit 144 dollars a gallon and you know, thankfully like uh, airlines like Southwest had hedging where they had hedged fuel in the future and so they weren't immediately affected whereas United was losing something like a million dollars a day you know just in fuel uh, and so from that that's when they started you know up kind of standardizing charging for checked bags, I, I would imagine that we'll probably see something similar now where airlines are looking to try to recoup some of the revenue loss and so they'll implement some sort of other charge. Now, of course, airlines like Spirit and Frontier, the ultra low cost guys, they've been doing that for a long time. You know, they'll charge for a carry-on. So we might see, you know, the, the majors, you know, Delta United, Alaska, Southwest, we might see them start to charge for carry-ons as a means to try to recoup some of that that rev that lost revenue. Now, the thing that's that's really perplexing to me uh, is the Essential Air Service Act. After deregulation, uh, you, instead of having the federal government mandate a ticket price and saying you could fly, they deregulated it and they said, okay, well, there's a lot of these towns that will lose air service unless we have certain guidelines. So they implemented the Essential Air Service Act, uh, which you know for places like uh, Devil's Lake or uh, Eau Claire. Wisconsin, uh, liberal Kansas, you know, there's, there's a, a plethora of these ultra small towns that would ultimately lose air service. So the federal government said, okay, we'll provide subsidies for uh, anybody that's flying in there. And for example, uh, many airlines will use this as a means of just breaking even. Uh, in some cases, depending upon the aircraft that you're flying, you could fly an empty aircraft, say into Dodge City or Pueblo, Colorado, or you know, something like that, and actually make money without any passengers because of the government subsidies. So I think the, the federal government will probably take a, a harder look at that and change that. And so you'll probably see a, a dramatic uh, fluctuation on how uh, flights are done. Instead of having four flights a day, you might only have one flight a day into your airport of choice. And yeah, that uh, charging more for you know, superfluous things and, you know, having a, a dramatically decreased flight schedule are the two immediate things that I could foresee happening. Do you, do you think the 
consumer market will support the additional fees and all that. Cause I know when the check bag stuff in 2008, 2009 came out, there was a huge uproar and people were, you know, kind of flat lashing out saying that they weren't going to fly and, and it did impact the industry for at least i uh, I'd say three or four months. Do you think something similar is going to happen again? Absolutely. 100%. Uh, and, and that's kind of the, the, the breaking point of diminishing return, right? How much can they charge without having, you know, a backlash, especially when gas prices across the nation are at, you know, record lows, well, at least record lows in, in the you know past two, maybe three decades. So, you know, I, th- I think I saw gas today for a dollar 45, <laughs> you know, like a dollar 45. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I haven't seen that since, uh, well, 2011, right? Uh, or no, I'm not even that, uh, 2001. Uh, yeah. So you might see a lot of consumers say, screw it. It's cheaper to drive. I'm not charged for superfluous nonsense. And yeah, that, that will probably only <laughs> make the situation worse. With the, uh, the flights you're doing now, what would you say the demographic is of the people that are flying? Man, uh, this past week, uh, let's see. I'm not even sure what date it is. Today's, uh, today's month. Saturday. Or no, it's Saturday. <laughs> I don't even know what the date is. Uh, let's see. I was flying on, on Thursday. Uh, and Thursday, everything that I had had got canceled with the exception of one flight. We worked one leg from Jackson Hole to Denver. We had three people on board. One of those was a never, ever flyer, had never flown before. And, you know, I think it was just so ultra cheap that they had some family that they could visit and said, well, why not, right? Uh, and now, granted, that's, that's a very small demographic. But then again, the amount of people flying right now is next to none. So, you know, now, there's, there was a couple others. Uh, one guy, uh, I forget what job he had. He, he had a federal job, uh, but... Anyway, he was he was going to work essentially. Yeah, those those amount of uh, going to work jobs that require air travel are <laughs> pretty much, you know, ground to a halt. Yeah. Are you still seeing a lot of younger, you know, early twenties crowd traveling just because it's so cheap and saying, well, you know, I have an immune system that's working. Fuck it, let's go. Yeah, I think that's that's. Ma- Say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
mainly what my first time flyer was, was, uh, you know, just a, you know, 20s age, you know, I've got nothing better to do. School's out, you know, I mean, what am I going to do? Study for a midterm, you know? So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of what that is. Uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't hit up a lot of the, the vacation, the popular vacation routes, but yeah, I mean, this, this was the spring break time and generally our spring break traffic is through the roof and you know, there, there was no spring break traffic this year. The, the education side of things is something that is fascinating and terrifying to me because so many schools, be it, you know, public, public, middle, high school, whatever, and then even colleges now are just saying, well, you know, you were so far into the semester, we're just going to let you pass without ever having finished the classes. And I'm wondering how that's going to impact just the general education of, of society after all of this. I mean, you're going to have people with degrees that don't never looked at the material. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, my kids are in elementary school right now. And so all of our elementary schools have gone entirely to distance-based learning, right? They're, they're using apps to, to, you know, complete curriculum. And right now they don't know, the teachers don't know how much work to assign, what is too much, what is too little. And so they're trying to, to gauge that and they're sending questionnaires to us every five seconds. And, <laughs> and then we got to download a new app every, you know, other day. So, yeah, I mean, if that's what's going on in elementary school, I mean, if I were in high school right now, I would give so little care. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, yeah, zero care. As an example, a buddy of mine is a math teacher at a college level, and he teaches everything from uh, remedial math up through, you know, like advanced algebra and trig and stuff like that. And he has two classes a week via Skype uh, where he lectures and just, you know, answers questions. But he was specifically told that if they get close, it's good enough. And with such a precise subject as math, where you're either right or wrong, how, how do you just say if they get close, it's good? Like, I, I understand teaching concepts and them understanding the concepts more than other stuff, but that just seems like setting us all up for failure going forward. Well, yeah, perhaps. I don't know. If you look at it from the, the capitalist you know, view, well, perhaps you would say, okay, this will really separate the wheat from the chaff, the guys that know their stuff and the guys that have no clue. And so you'll, you might see it more of a delineation right there between those who have it together and those who don't. Yeah. And, it's gonna, and of course, that, that comes to standards too. You know, what, what are your standards at your occupation? Yeah. I think that's really going to create a huge gap between um, qualified and unqualified when people are applying for jobs going forward. Like you're really going to see companies being very specific and very choosy when it comes to their applicants because, well, yeah, you know, you may have a bachelor's degree, but did you really earn it? You know, going to see a lot more interview questions, a lot more qualifications needed than just, I have this piece of paper and it's, it's going to lead to some interesting times. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's anything about this, this uh, situation that we're in that that's not interesting. I mean, you can go look at the stock market. That's fascinating. You can go look at education. That's fascinating. Travel. I mean, at firearm sales, what is there going on right now that isn't really fascinating? Yeah. Uh, well, I can only speak for here in Vegas, but it's it's not fascinating to me that there are like an increase in not necessarily gangs, but packs of people that are working towards common goals. Like there, a lot of the break-ins out here lately have been four or five person groups 
breaking in, stealing stuff from people's houses and stuff like that. And then almost in a, I won't, I don't want to say tactical fashion, but more so more organized and thought out than just random kicking a door, grab what you can and run. Just out of curiosity, these organized groups, they wouldn't happen to be wearing like football shoulder pads that are spray painted black feathers, mohawks. Well, I did tell you about the one guy there. There was one guy uh, last weekend on the strip driving up and down. Yes. Yes. He he was wearing a leather loincloth and football shoulder pads and a hockey mask. And he was playing the purge siren out of the back of his car. Um, Other than that, I don't think any of them have been in Mad Max style clothing yet. Yet. Yet being, they're waiting on, uh, they're waiting on the Yeti to do it first. Wow. You know, it's, it's kind of disappointing reading all of this and hearing about it, especially on the, on the, on the academic side where, well, you know, you, you made it most of the way. Here, here's your degree. You're good. Consider that. Consider the workforce and consider the way people act on the interwebs and on social media and how they make these assumptions about their own self-worth and their own knowledge. Man, we are screwed so Matt, I have a question for you. Uh oh. Um, I've seen a lot of chatter, uh, mostly on Facebook, but in some publications as well, about police saying that they need hazard pay because they're still working and being exposed, and that if they don't get it, that they may go on strike and stuff like that. Have you heard oh, anything wow. about that? No. Interesting concept, but that's part of what we do. We signed up because of this, or with this uh, that we. we if you signed up to be a police officer, you signed up knowing that there are potential dangers that you're going to encounter. If, if, so if all of a sudden we start getting uh, a rash of armed bank robbers, we're not going to say, oh, wait, 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 I didn't sign up for this. I need hazard pay because all of a sudden it's dangerous. No, it's always dangerous, potentially. That sounds kind of silly. Yeah, that was the point that one of the guys out here that I know made is that, you know, you're already getting hazard pay. You're getting paid to work. That was part of your agreement in protecting and serving the public. But there's a, a lot of, I, I don't want to say newer cops because I, I honestly don't know the breakdown. There's a, a lot of, of voices out there saying, hey, listen, here in Vegas, most of the cases that have stemmed in the past couple of weeks have been police officers. We need some sort of compensation. And it's, I mean, it, it could get some, could get well, very interesting. Yeah. Okay, so my understanding with some of this, if you happen to be in law enforcement, at least in my neck of the woods, if you happen to get a line of duty illness, let's say you respond to something and you contract the COVIDs from contact there. Based on that, because it is job related, that is considered workman's comp. So you don't have to take your leave time because you're sick. You have, it's not, it's not going to sap your, your leave time. I think that's a great idea. I think it, it makes a lot of sense. I've never heard of that, that strategy being used with this type of a thing going on. I just haven't been around for something like this going around. Um, I, uh, to me, that, that makes sense. So if, if, there's, if there's a hazard, we're getting paid for it. If we wind up coming down with it, because of our job, we're still going to be paid. How many jobs are how many jobs are providing that? There are some. There are some places that are still going to provide wages, but 
Interesting, interesting. Yeah. And, the, and the longer we go into this, the more desperate people are going to become. And it's going to be interesting to see what decisions are made. Um, so over by me, uh, my chief and I kind of went over the, the resources that we have available. Power, water, gas. There have been earthquakes recently. Okay, that can disrupt all of them. So what do we do if that goes down? Who do we rely on if that goes down? So we, st we still need people working. We still need people out there. We just need to be smart about it. But part of that is taking the proper precautions to just do the best we can not to contract this. And if we do, we do. It's life. And it shouldn't be the end of the world. It might be the end of life for some. Um, but unfortunately, that's where we live right now. I, I know of two guys that have contracted the virus. Uh, one is now nearly at full recovery. The other, an airline captain, by the way, a good friend of mine, uh, he, he took a, a real turn for the worst and was in ICU for uh, probably three days. He's back at home now. He's making a recovery. And thankfully, our company is providing uh, kind of like a different leave of absence, almost like OJI or on the job injury, right? Or, or workman's comp, you know, so th that's nice. Still, I, my, my biggest fear is Matt, what you just said, you know, where, where guys, uh, people become desperate, right? You know, I mean, what happens when they default on their, uh, their, their rent or their mortgage, you know, wh what do they start to do? And you know, that, that sort of organized crime is, uh, that, that fosters out of that is something that, Boy, that, that's a dangerous. I mean, when you have people that are truly desperate to, to survive, that's, that's a desperation that is scary. That's a desperation I do not want to encounter. And so I, I do not envy anyone in law enforcement right now that's, uh, you know, trying to, to, well, do their duty and then ultimately encountering uh, any sort of desperation like that. And, you know, I, I think you're right. Uh, well, I mean, we're, we're, we might catch it, right? I mean, uh, statistically speaking, if I'm looking at, you know, the, the rate of, of people that are, are being confirmed, I'm pretty likely to catch it. So, yeah, is that going to be the end of the world for me? Probably not. I think that, you know, 99% survival rate for persons in, in my age group. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really not worried about it. I am worried about giving it to somebody should I contract it. And, of course, trying to limit that exposure as much as possible, but... Honestly, the virus is the least of my concerns. Yep. That's, that's a conversation that my wife and I had fairly early on in that, you know, we're, we're both in good health. We're well below the, the high risk age limit. There's, if we get it, we get it. I mean, our concern would be passing it on. We have a seven month old. So that, that passing it on to a baby would be a concern, but right. it was, you know, I can't protect you from a virus. It, it, whatever's going to happen there is going to happen. The concern for us was, the, the desperate people doing crazy things. And it, it's a very real scenario that could play out where you see more and more people turning to crime as things get more, you know, confined and desperate. And it's, I, I, I sadly think that this is sort of the eye of the storm right now where it's got that lull and it's only going to ramp up and get worse. Um, Definitely. And I don't think anyone really knows how to, how that's going to play out or prepare for it. Um, that's, that's been a hot topic on the last, you know, op on the last four or five open mic modcasts is how to, how to plan and, you know, fortify and prep and outdoor survival. I mean, it all kind of ties in together. 
Yep. Now, the officers that you've heard from that had some concerns, now, was it they wanted hazard pay because of the, uh, a potential uptick in crime, violent crime, or because of the virus or both? I, I will say that none of the officers that I personally know were voicing the we need hazard pay uh, side of things. Just the opposite. They were all of the mindset that, you know, they have a job, they are still getting paid and that's There's what they're getting duty. paid for. Exactly. Um, from my understanding, the, the whole reasoning behind it is because of the amount of exposure that officers are getting to it and the rate at which officers are contracting it. That's why they feel they should be compensated for it more so than the crime. Okay. Um, I, you know, I, I don't want to speak for, any specific unit. I, I don't know what plans are being put into place to kind of prepare for the uptick in crime because it's going to happen. Um, as far as the violence is concerned or potential violence, my, my concerns aren't at all with law enforcement. They're with the citizens. They're with the potential victims. Yeah. And that's. Yeah. Out here, we, we had a, the, the first weekend. Um, so Sisolak, our governor announced you know, the closures and all that on uh, a Saturday, Saturday morning, Friday evening, when there was some closures and stuff in California and people that, that, Oh shit moment really hit people. It got ugly out here fast where we had people holding others up at gunpoint at gas stations. Uh, we had stabbings and fights at grocery stores over, you know, normal everyday items not even people necessarily trying to to panic by just like normal grocery shopping. And it, it really caught Las Vegas off guard quickly. Uh, and then the, the following day with the non-essential businesses being closed, you, you saw a huge surge in uh, panic buying in the grocery store lines. And then that all sort of died out. Um, you know, at first it was toilet paper and cleaning products and that stuff. You can, you can pretty get it pretty readily now, but now it's, eggs are the are the hot item for whatever say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And it's eggs. They're gross. I love them. But, you know, they're, they're sold out and limiting. All the stores yeah. out here. Yeah. It's... So, yeah, so what are the things that the professional medical type people are advising that we need to do? 
What are the supplies that we absolutely need right now? Toilet paper? No. No. And that's, that's one of the things that's sort of funny to me is that, you know, toilet paper and all that stuff are sold That's out been the running long. joke the, during the drug every aisles. single one of these episodes. Yeah. And, and the drug aisles where you can get Tylenol, ibuprofen, cold medicine, all that stuff is still well in supply because it didn't, it wasn't a meme. Like, um, I have a, I have a cousin who is a doctor. Her husband is a doctor as well. He deals with emergency rooms. She is uh, labor and delivery. And so I was kind of picking his brain and he, he was saying that the things that they're finding um, that help are, you know, just basic stuff like hand washing, making sure that you're washing for the proper length of time, um, avoiding contact if at all possible, especially if you're in a high risk category. He was saying that from what he's seen, now granted he is not on the research side of things, he's just in the, the hands-on, um, the, the, the N95 mask and all that don't seem to be doing as much as perhaps people are making it out to be. Um, well, it's a solution though, to make people happy or to make people calm. Well, if I kind of ask why he said that, you know, he was saying that in cases where people are coughing, sneezing, stuff like that, they absolutely can help, but that it's not the magic safeguard that the society thinks it is. Yeah. Um, at his hospital, they, they're not even using them. They're using the face shields because an N95 mask isn't going to stop transmission into somebody's eyes if the, you know you sneeze on them, cough in them, touch them, stuff like that. And that was the other thing he was saying is limiting the amount of times you touch your face, uh, you know, chew on your fingers. A lot. One of the people that he had seen recently uh, didn't know that they had come into contact with somebody and they had a nail-biting habit. And so best best guess was that's how they really got it into their immune system was just chewing on their fingers as much as they did. So, well, so hand washing is supposedly a, an important factor in this. I haven't seen soap sell out. So years and years ago, I was in culinary school. I was a chef before I got into the gun industry. And that was one of the demos that always kind of stuck with me was a hand washing demo. And uh, it utilized uh, a black light and you, you would look at your hands under black light and then you would wash with cold water for 15 seconds and then look at it and then you would do it with soap and water and still just how much contaminant is left even after proper hand washing. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of shocking. And the other thing that, I don't know, too, too many people are relying on hand sanitizer it's going to impact the immune systems of future generations because that stuff, while it kills 99%, it's also killing good germs, good bacteria and stuff that's helping keep you alive. And so it's, it's kind of a, a damned if you do damned, if you don't scenario. I mean, there are people that are slathering themselves in this and I can only imagine what that's going to do to their immune systems in the, wasn't there something specifically about that in Vegas? Yes, uh, there was a strip club out here that had hand sanitizer wrestling before they were deemed a non-essential business. They, you know, they wanted to stay current and they were doing drive-through strip shows to administer, you know, follow the social distancing guidelines. They were doing the hand sanitizer wrestling between strippers because it, you can't get sick if you're literally covered in hand sanitizer. So clean. Oh yeah. Yep. Jack, how are you tonight? I see you. See you sitting in here. I'm good. I'm good. Just uh, out here, uh, 
out here patrolling. Getting hazard pay? No, but that's actually um, – that's interesting. I'm obviously – I'm not going to go into specifics, but that was brought up at a uh, meeting that guys had one of our areas of responsibility is a hospital. And um, the nurses in that facility have been getting some of them up to 14 to $25 an hour extra um, to be there. So then the guys are like, Hey, what the fuck? You know, they're saying it for, and the guys that normally man that, um, that is their normal post. And it's like one of those things of like, they're not doing things like, the I understand their point because they're not saying like, Hey, this is an extreme thing. And what we're going to do to limit people's exposure is we have the ability to rotate shifts, rotate people in and out. So you're not staying in a hot zone. Um, and my question was because it's, even though you're considered essential personnel, I was like, Hey, are they going to start laying people off? You know, that, that, that's my, you know, I was like, yes, more money would be great. I said, my immediate concern is, are they going to, you know, with shutting down other facilities and doing this, my concern was, are they going to lay people off? So I understand like if you're on a normal call, um, not wanting to be there, but like 10 of our people have had it already. Um, And fortunately uh, two family members have passed away from it. Um, I don't know if it's related towards contracting it from where we worked and then taking it home, or if it's just because it's all everywhere and we have it and we have the highest percentage in the region. Uh, We have the highest death rate in the country uh, at 5% currently uh, in this state. Um, So it, you know, there's all those unknown factors. So I under like, I would just say there's a um, there's ways to mitigate risk. I'm thinking, and if you're going into a place every day that you knowingly are there, I mean, we have um, freezer trucks outside the building, which we are documenting the temperature because they are filled with dead bodies. So, um, that's a situation. Now, if I didn't have to deal with that, yes, I, I, you know, so it's one of those things. It's like, I'm not, I don't want to say it's six and one half dozen the other, but I do understand when somebody wants to make that point. So, so from that perspective where you, you know, you kind of understand it, but you're not necessarily a hundred percent on board with it. There've been talks from, some places where officers are threatening to strike if they don't get it. What, how do you feel about that? I would like everything else. I'm not going to make a knee jerk decision on that unless I, unless I uh, know all the details and I know all the risk factors. And if I know that there's a way where you can meet someone halfway to possibly try to mitigate risk factors. So, on the surface, I would understand how they feel that way. Do I understand with executing on that? Maybe not, but I would have to, I would have to see what, uh, what, 
what all the deals are. And then it's like, well, are they giving that to EMS? Are, you know, are they going to be dealing with firefighters? Are they going to be dealing with, you know, cause if everybody else is getting it and you're not getting it. Yeah, I can understand. Um, but I would just kind of public relations wise, there's so much negativity out there anyway that it, I couldn't see, it would be one of those things where like you would make some money in the beginning and then just anything else in the future, everybody's going to remember that. I mean, that could, you could risk a public relations nightmare, which would then affect so many other things further on down the road where you have to really sit there and say, is that worth it? That's, well, yeah, that's a very valid concern. I mean, eventually this is going to come to an end and people have long memories in terms of <clears throat> the negative things that, impacted them in their daily lives like um you you're out in vegas correct in the vegas area yes sir okay so my one of my very best friends on the planet earth lives out in north las vegas and he was telling i remember this years ago uh and and anybody listening in the north Las, this is not a knock this is a perspective of someone who is not in law enforcement that was looking at this situation uh north las vegas i believe I want to say it was North Las Vegas. They were looking at, uh, they were looking at um, trying to get a raise, and they put up billboards. And the reaction was, "Well, you had money for a billboard." Now I know it's a drop in the bucket. I know it no, it does not equate. But from a public relations aspect, it was, "Well, you got money for fucking billboards," and I know a billboard and paying folks is way less than that but it's just it's one of those public relations into community policing's hearts and minds sorts of thing where it just doesn't it doesn't work out people don't register that so and like i said again anybody out there want to get butthurt that is not an attack that was i'm simply reporting back what a member of the public perceived it's it's interesting because there is a different perspective about North Vegas uh, PD versus Las Vegas Metro. Um, from my understanding, and I, I may be putting my foot in my mouth here, and I hope I'm not, uh, the North Vegas PD actually gets uh, a bump in pay for being there versus Metro because it is a much more dangerous area to work in. Um, so they are considered high-risk on everything. I mean, even traffic stops are treated as high risk just because of the, the statistics involved with the, the violent crimes and stuff like that there. Oh yeah. I mean, look, man, I'm not, like I said, I'm not trying to knock anybody here. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to be the last guy in the way of getting, trying to get somebody paid. Trust me. Um, I'm just, I just have to look at it holistically. That's all. Um, and like I said, the, the, as far as hazard pay, I know what certain people in my specific instance, I understand what they're saying. I understand what they're, uh, especially when everyone else there is getting hazard pay and they are uh, in a very specific situation. And I don't know what other type of mitigating things that they're trying to do, you know, because like if you were working in a radiation zone, like, I, you know, I, I used to, I, used, I, I dove in a power plant a couple times and it's like you go in and you you are limited your amount of time to being in there yeah. am i digital yeah you're uh, okay so so it's 
you you can make those equations. So I understand, um, but I would hope that people wouldn't go on full strike and and risk a public relations nightmare and on something like that. As soon as I heard the strike thing, it, this is going to sound terrible and, and date me a little bit, but it just made me think of, of the RoboCop movie where all the cops went on yep. strike and how much worse it just made everything. Now, granted, that's... We're going to get the Ed 209. That's how you get the Ed 209. I mean, if that's the case, everyone should go on strike now because I want that thing. <laughs> Do you want Ed 209? Because that's how you get Ed 209. Just what? bad guys armed with semi-auto Barretts. There you go. Um, it's interesting because this, this whole thing is hasn't been brought up at least to my knowledge so i just sent my chief and the fellow sergeant hey keep this in mind if it comes up so you already have an answer in your mind uh, right yeah, i, I mean like go ahead jack i guess no it's like i said there's there's a a, a line back, back in my diving days people would say well isn't that dangerous and if you're in a bar talking to a chick, of course you would talk it up that it's super dangerous and I punch sharks, you know, I punch sharks in the face and do all that stuff. But when you're trying to make money and you're like, well, yes, it's, there's an inherent amount of risk, but there are ways of mitigating risk. You know, we're experts at mitigating risk so we can get the job done. So uh, if, if someone actually takes a serious look at mitigating risk factors, and beyond that, I don't know what else you can do. I mean, it is kind of one of those you pick your rate, you pick your fate sorts of situations. Have you guys uh, have you guys had any sort of direction as far as preparing for an uptick in crime and and sort of just how you're going to try and get ahead of it? No, that that I I think that would be. Oh. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. How much One. thought came in? How much thought you... I could hear the wheels turning. And then, uh, no. I'm, I'm, well, because it, it's like one of those, like, again, if I had the mat... Where, where we are, my... Where we're at, the largest agency in the region is under consent decree. So there's a certain proactivity that is associated with that. 
uh, either <laughs> uh, whatever level is associated with that. Um, one of the other factors that I would say, one of the, because everybody's home, everybody's home. Everybody, everybody is, uh, everybody's out here snitching. Everybody's calling us for stuff. So everybody's like, hey, I saw three people walking down the street. And then you get over there and you do a check and it's like, yes, there are three technical people on the street. It's, it's a, it's a woman, her mother and a, and an infant. And they, yes, are walking down the street. It's, uh, are they within six feet? Cause that infant better be six feet away from the mom. Well, yeah, exactly. Unleash, so, just drag. So, so there's, there's a lot, that's one factor. There's a lot of people home and people are home and they're not, Normally things happen when you're not at home, but everybody's, everybody's home You know, everybody's dropping dimes on a lot of shit, you know, it might be silly, but that's a factor. That's something that I've seen myself. And Jack, you said something earlier that really piqued my interest. Uh, you said, uh, what was it? 5% mortality rate uh, in your state? Yes, sir. But, in Louisiana. Uh, do, do you do you, okay, well, I'm, I'm just north of you right now, but I, I'm really curious. That, do, you, do you have any suspicions or speculations on why that might be? Absolutely. Heat, humidity? No. No soap? Um, no one washes their hands. We, we had an event that is known throughout the world by the name of Mardi Gras. And um, Mardi Gras, the first official known case happened 13 days. Uh, was documented 13 days after Mardi Gras. Um, so that's within that 14 to 28 day period that we've all been talking about. Um, and hmm. I'm not, I'm not convinced that uh, I'm also not convinced that this began when we were told by China that this began. I don't want to get any conspiracy theories. I don't want to get all that stuff. I just think that this started a lot sooner. And I think there was a lot of traveling going on be before that, but we have a lot of people that travel here for all sorts of reasons. Uh, we had a uh, Mardi Gras in just the one day. It is a season. And so we had uh, just thousands and thousands and thousands of people here uh, mingling all over the place in close proximity for um, uh, parades. And then um, there's a lot of poverty and poverty leads to, um, hypertension, the diabetes, obesity, which, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get anything political here, but those are known quantifiable facts. Poverty leads to those things. Those things are known, uh, high risk factors for, uh, for COVID. So it was, it's kind of like, there was multiple factors. That what I do beads lead to? What, yeah, what do, those beads are yeah. from, those beads are from China. Don't put there them in your mouth. They got lead in them. There we go. And you're not wearing the proper attire. You're gonna get the COVIDs, right? So, Mike, um, part of the reason I wanted you to jump in is I, you know, we were talking about panic buying and and FFLs and all that. I'd like I'd love to hear from you and kind of how things are going at the shop down there and what you guys are seeing. <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, things have been a little bit crazy. I mean, we're. Uh, we have three shifts going pretty much around the clock. I mean, there's people right now at the shop, uh, you know, cranking stuff out. Uh, what's interesting right now that I, I would like your 
you know, like, like our listeners to understand is that you're going to see a lot of really bad shit on the market in the next couple weeks or months because dude, I mean, test fire ammo is about triple the price. So there's a lot of brands that are not test firing right now. Um, you have a bunch of OEMs running around the clock. I mean, you know, tooling's getting dull. Yeah, QC is going down. I mean, we're seeing our rejection rates go up. So while right now we're probably running a little bit slow, at least our guys are going to be getting good gear. But if you're just buying shit off the shelf right now, uh, man, I mean, you know, expect some expect some issues when the industry gets distressed. Uh, you know, uh, QC QC drops. In I mean, <laughs> so that I mean, like. That's that's a uh, that's something we're gonna all have to deal with for probably the next few months. Have you guys seen sort of waves in in how people are buying, like panic buy and then a lull, panic buy then a lull, or anything like that, or has it just been go from not you know nonstop for you guys? So we so personally we we've stopped all walk-in traffic, so we're not doing pretty much any retail. Everything we're pushing out is to our dealers and distributors and. I can tell you that our dealers can't keep stuff on the wall. Uh, it, this is going to be an, it's going to be interesting to see how this thing ultimately plays out uh, with how many of these new buyers, these first-time buyers, we can actually retain and maybe keep on our side to be uh, advocates. At, at this point, it, the, I'll be straight up honest. I've sold guns to to Moms Demand Action. There are people that I've been on panels with to debate gun rights that have bought guns from me that were anti-gun 60 days ago, okay? And not one time has anybody asked me for the gun that holds the least amount of bullets, right? I mean, you know, people are now looking at this thing. It's not about hunting. It's not about any of that kind of stuff. People want to defend themselves, and I hope we can retain – if we retain 5 to 10% of these new buyers, the argument is over for good, I promise. That's something that we were touching on earlier because the, the ranges I work at, we've stopped all the machine gun traffic. It's all where we're doing nothing but retail and then uh, classes for people that are interested in learning to shoot or first-time buyers. And 100% of the people that show up to train that don't own a firearm are buying them. And they're we, we saw the initial panic buy of I'll take whatever the fuck you have on the shelf, but now it's I shot this, what do you recommend? It's almost a little bit more of an educated purchase which is is interesting and a lot of these people were anti-gun yeah what's interesting is like this wasn't like so you haven't seen a huge rush like on ars or m4s right you're seeing a rush on uh subcompact pistols and 870 shotguns and i mean that that's something we've never i think as an industry have seen before you know i mean after sandy hook people were buying up ars and mags and buying up stuff like that because they, they were worried that they couldn't get it again Right now, you're seeing people buy things because, for whatever reason, they think that is the most reasonable uh, gun to have in their house. So, like I said, man, I mean, if we can if we can retain at least five percent, ten percent of the people that are coming into the fold right now, we've won this fight. I I sincerely believe that. How are you seeing? Uh, outside of of the business, how are you seeing things in your area as far as the two way community and and just the general mindset of people in terms of like the hoarding and all that stuff? Are you guys having an I issue mean, with that? 
Well, I mean, you, you, uh, I mean, there's no, like, I mean, ammo and stuff locally is, you know, it's pretty dried up. I mean, we, here in San Antonio, like, you can't go to the store and buy hand sanitizer. I mean, that's, that's all gone. Uh, but for the most part, you know, we haven't seen, like, some kind of huge uptick in property crime. We haven't seen, you know, any kind of, uh, you know, social unrest, but you mean, but I'll tell you what, it is nice to be able to drive to work every day and uh, <laughs> there's no traffic. I mean, I like the, I, I can go 80 miles an hour down the highway, you know, and, and not stop for shit. Uh, I mean, everybody, I think, is social distancing where the people are taking it pretty seriously. But I mean, we haven't seen anything crazy. Now, I will say this I mean, if this goes on, another 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, I, I, I would probably anticipate, you know, something changing, you know, I mean, right now everybody's kind of playing it cool, but you know, depending on how long this goes on, I mean, it, it might get a little weird. 60 days, it'll get weird. 60 is generally the big standpoint um, where people will only tolerate so much of the stay in place kind of thing. You know, we're, we're already seeing it in some small isolated stuff in certain neighborhoods, little, just little BS stuff, you know, the rebel rousers, nothing serious. Um, if it goes on longer than 60 plus, you're going to see organized problems. Yeah. You will see that. I think there has been a slight uptick in domestic issues, you know, with people being stuck together, uh, you know, like where you don't have that break where, so, I mean, I, I have heard from my friends that are police officers here that there has been uh, some spike in domestic stuff, but as far as property crimes or, you know, some stranger coming to your house to fuck with you, I, I, we haven't seen that. I, I'm honestly really glad because I was just telling these guys before you hopped on in Vegas, there's been a trend in the last week or so of, of groups of like four or five guys basically forming raiding parties, breaking into people's houses. And it's, I mean, it's real early on for that behavior. And if it's going to get worse, that's, that's, that's a terrifying prospect for a lot of people. Well, that information right there also is that helps the argument pro AR 15 or, or higher capacity weapon. Because, yeah, the, our burglar, the, the, the assailant, it's not just one person. We're dealing with multiples, and we need to be able to address each and every one with appropriate amount of force quickly. Yeah, if I, if I, uh, if I had a bunch of mini 14s, I could be making a lot of money right now. Not that I would pick that for myself other than uh, LARPing the A-team, but it's those conversations that you have with people. When they're asking, I'm like, well, your, your answer is this AR-15, and they just have that mental barrier. But if you handed them a Mini 14 and all those features on it, they would be absolutely fine. Uh, like I said, I don't know the reasoning for that. It's just they've, been, they've told themselves for years that it's the evil rifle, and they've let them be told for years that it's the evil rifle. So if there was an alternative like that, you know, you could be making a lot of money right now. Jack, if you were if you were uh, LARPing the A team, which one, which A team member would you be? Be a Baracus? Be no, fake. man, I gotta be. Thanks. I I I was a huge um, Murdoch fan the entire time. I think you're too sane. Oh, man, Murdoch was the shit, and, and I, I thought uh, 
I was a huge, I was a huge fan of Murdoch. Well, I, Ron is dressed as Murdoch right now. <laughs> it, well, I mean, you guys are talking about Murdoch, and I'm over here like, hey, Claymore Roomba, come on, guys. I mean, that, that's all I need. No, you know, hey, uh, you know, I, I can, I can definitely see the resemblance. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we can get this done. Absolutely. Is this going to be like the primary and secondary Halloween party? Come as your favorite eighteen yes. member. Yes. Well, honestly, next, we're next all episode. dressed. Uh, we're all we're all dressed like Hannibal right now because we're all wearing fucking gloves all the time. So. Well, I mean, think about it. This is the first time in probably the history of the United States where you can waltz into a Walmart, you know, a freaking mask, bandana, and a gun on your hip, and everybody's like, welcome to the club. <laughs> you know? So I have a question for you guys. I mean, I, like, do you guys really think there's any way to not get this? I mean, like, I if mean, you're Steve I'm, Fisher, I'm, if you're Steve Fisher and you stay in that basement and you don't leave, you won't get it until you leave. I, okay, so I, I gotta tell you, man. Like, so I mean, I, you know, I, I've heard uh, I've heard legitimate studies come out that this thing can uh, travel thirty feet, uh, that it can live in the air for hours. I mean, I mean, at this point, if you're moving a fucking piece of mail, I mean, I, I, and I, and I, I'm not trying to you know sound pessimistic or anything, but I I don't know if there's any way to not get this thing. So. If, I, if, I, if for some reason I don't get it, I'm not going to chalk it up to anything I did. I'm going to chalk it up to... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers Hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So I, I've got I've got a buddy I, I've got a buddy who bailed early like like so he has the advantage of working like teleworking he grabbed the family everything else they went to their cottage in the UP of Michigan like it's up it's isolated there's nobody around them for whatever and it's the summer house whatever it's a great place they've been there since um, about mid February he's been there with his family since about mid February talk to him you know every few days whatever solid good to go the thing with like mail and like because like you you know you get a ton of boxes packages pieces parts all kinds of stuff my ups fedex guys are really good about their handling i mean their gloves their masks they do all that bs uh the first thing i do when they get it they dump it on my porch 
I'll glove up, mask up, I'll spray it. I'll spray it down with disinfectant or whatever, spray the box, kick it around, do whatever, kick the shoes off, leave it outside for a couple hours or overnight on the porch. Open it up outside, spray the contents, whatever I need to do at that point and bring it in. You know, it's just mitigating as much as possible. That that makes sense, you know, with whatever disinfectant of your choice is, just to cut that chance a little bit greater. But the thing is, like a lot of dudes who got sick at shot already had it. You know, the guys who got the that. real I, I, the I, guys I, who got the real bad shot crud got it there on Wednesday is when all the Chinese started to influx into shot. Thursday, Friday were the big days for them on the floor. I bailed Thursday. Um and I had a little, you know, little snotty sinusy stuff after leaving there, but whatever. Um, but no, a lot of people that I know that got it, got it at shock. Even, even a couple of major manufacturers and companies have put out internal memos about it because uh, they had a rash of employees that were getting sick in that timeline because you know, a lot of those companies are there until, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever, Thursday, breaking down booths, packing up stuff, finishing up meetings, whatever. They were inundated with it a lot longer. And we all know that shot shows a hellhole floor. That place sucks. Like it's just terrible. So they got it. I know that I shook over a thousand hands. I hugged five hundred people. Uh, sure. since shot show. I've been to JFK, I've been to LaGuardia, I've been to O'Hare, I've been to LAX. I mean, just my normal travel schedule uh, with work. I've been to every major airport in the country uh since then and i i just I, I don't think this thing just recently hit you know i mean i, I understand that you know they're, 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 pre they're predicting certain peaks and stuff like that but i mean i sure i don't i don't see how i don't see how you can reasonably not get this if you haven't already had it no, you'll get it. Everybody will get it at some point, other than the people that have gone full isolation lockdown. Like, like I've been out once or twice for stuff since I've been home from the room. You know, I have to. So it's masks, it's gloves, it's whatever. Try to avoid as much contact as I can with human beings as much as possible. You know, whatever it is. I mean, are they carriers? Are they not? I don't know. Are they lepers? This isn't, you know, whatever. But people, people are getting it. People are carrying it, don't even realize they've either A, got it, or they're showing mild enough symptoms that it's like, oh, I've got the cold, or I've got this, I've got that. So then the other thing is there's no rhyme or reason to it. There is no rhyme or reason, coast to coast, how it's affecting people. And one of the things that is interesting and got brought up is, you know, Vegas being so dependent on the hospitality industry, Everyone went into the, all the restaurants went to either takeout or delivery only or closed out. And you have all of these people working for uh, Grubhub and, and all the other food delivery services that come into contact with literally hundreds of people a day now. And not all of them following pros for, you know, it's, it's a random dude or random girl picking up your food and handing it to you or dropping it on your porch. And it's, it's taking a potential exposure and dropping it right in the middle of a group, like a family who is doing everything they can, but now has potential exposure because certain guidelines were not followed. And so you have all these people that are quarantined together that may or may not be passing it on to each other. Uh, that was one of the big issues out here that, you know, there was terrifying. a particular um, meat processing company 
in you know middle America that you know whatever they they haven't been under shelter in place none of that everything is status quo in life you know people around there oh we're good we're here we're there they're starting to blow up big in the meat processing plant today like four employees positive tests which now that means of those four you probably got 12 you know just double it or whatever you've got eight to 12 you know at this point in that facility so now that's getting shut down that's getting disinfected that's getting cleaned they're going to lose product um you know so now they're starting to get concerned in those areas and it is a very smallish you know middle america midwestish you know kind of community and then they're, they're seeing it now their numbers are finally reaching you know it's like the one state that still doesn't have a quote-unquote you know confirmed death from it is still montana or uh, wyoming last report today that I knew Wyoming still has no confirmed deaths from it at all. That's because there are 40 people that live there. Stand by. I will will give you their statistics in one second. They're smart. It's Wyoming. It's making me look for property there. Plus they got some cool banking laws, but clearly we just need to go. Clearly we just need to follow North Korea's guidelines for, for exposure. Anyone anyone that has shown exactly they've shot and killed anyone that presented. Yeah. Well, I mean, you mentioned Wyoming, you know, having some interesting business laws. I mean, th- that's kind of why Weatherby moved there. You know, I mean, there's uh, Magpul has a lot of their operation, you know, yeah. Wyoming. Uh, yeah, I I kind of like it, except those winters suck. And uh, yeah, if you're a if you're an Air Force guy, you probably hate that, but you like it more than mine. I'm sure of that. Still, yeah, it's it's uh, it's wonderful in the summertime. Yeah. No so, doubt. I, I personally, like, I'm, I'm trying to avoid as many people as I can. I, I don't, you know, I'm having as much stuff delivered as I possibly can. With that being said, like, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not minimizing the danger of this thing, but you, you, you kind of have to just, you you have to just kind of live your life a little bit, you know I mean? I mean, I mean, I'm not saying like going out or being social or doing things like that, but at the same time, you know, I still have to pump gas, you know, I still have to turn a wrench. I mean, I still have to, you know, do these things. I, I, my concern isn't anymore about me con- contracting these things. I, I don't think there's any way to avoid it. I'm, I'm more afraid about giving it to someone else. And that's why I'm, social distancing but as far as like like i still sign for my ups deliveries i still do the cod check i'm I'm still you know kind of doing these things that that you have to happen to maintain you know your life i i consider myself very blessed right now that i'm in an industry that is doing well you know i think about the 32 percent of americans that they expect to be on unemployment by next week Think about that. I mean, you're talking about depression era numbers of people without a job. So, I mean, I'm going to do my best to not not be uh, a source of the problem. But man, we're in, we're in uh, there's some dark days ahead. It's not because of the disease. I mean, you're talking about people's jobs. The you in Vegas, man. I've heard some uh, some some of our metro friends there and some the Nevada Highway Patrol guys that are stationed there. I've heard some uh, horrible stories about, you know, suicides and, and, and things of that nature, man, that, like, how do you factor that into the overall toll of what's happening, you know? I don't, I don't think they have, and 
we just had probably the most prolific instance of that where I a, heard about this. I a mean, father I, our, killed our his two tons. Yeah. I, yeah. Our, our rifles were on that call, bro. I heard about it. That's yeah. horrible, man. And he, you won't really see it in the media. Um, I don't know what details you've gotten, but they, he actually left a note saying that he would rather his family die by his hands than a virus. And the only reason his entire family is not gone is because his uh, his daughter jumped out the window and ran and randomly ran into a, a cop. Um, the last couple of days here has actually taken an interesting turn in regard to employment too, because. Uh, it was sort of made public that with the stimulus stuff, anyone collecting unemployment can potentially receive an extra $600 a week through July 31st. Oh. So there are people that were, that actually have jobs that are choosing not to go in and are choosing to go into like a layoff status to make more money than they would if they were working. And that's, that's a problem that we've had to deal with at the range. You know, our, our guys are, are like, well, why would I, why would I work full time when I could work three days a week and get an extra 600 bucks a week and, and live high on the hog for a bit. And so I think that's, that's also going to impact jobs and it's, it's, it's asinine. That's a, uh, that's what I'm concerned with. And then what I've already seen is the second and third order effects uh, like we were talking about and things that, They'll, they're not going to correlate to it, but they correlate. Um, folks aren't folks are getting off of their meds. Uh, either folks aren't working to pay for their meds, or folks can't get their meds because pharmacies are closed down. I got three pharmacies in my uh, local area. Uh, they've either limited the, the hours. Uh, some of them have drive-throughs. Some of them they don't. Uh, being able to uh, switch your prescriptions over to another place. I mean, that's, that's just a simple thing right there. Um, but then, you know, somebody gets off their meds, especially for uh, mental, mental health, you know, there can be serious physical uh, consequences for that. And then there's the mental consequences of how people react to that. And we've been responding to things like that, uh, which is uh well, and it like doesn't said, help. Like, it doesn't help matters that some mental health services have been deemed non-essential uh, practices for healthcare. So, you know, people in therapy may or may not be able to go and have that that hour each week or whatever to vent their problems, and it's it's going to compound. And uh, there there have been pockets of pharmacies where people are trying to break in and and get access to meds so that they could hoard and stockpile and. So I, I think it's a, a twofold problem there that's only going to make Todd, things worse. Yeah. Todd, do me a favor, bro. Like, whatever you do, don't drink any fucking fishbowl cleaner. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I mean, I, I, I know that's President Trump's fault, you know, but, but don't. I mean, dude, I think you're going to see old Charlie Darwin. He's going to be busy in the next couple of weeks, dude. You know, I mean. I'm, the, the one I'm waiting for, I'm, I'm waiting for the next Jim Jones. I, I mean, I, I, I'm waiting I, for the Kool-Aid drinker. I'm waiting for the Kool-Aid puddle to show up, man. I'm, I'm far more likely to start taking shots of hops at work than I am fishbowl cleaner. I mean, mm. so all of this kind of gets into the idea that a new normal has to take place, at least for a time being, because yeah. that reminds me of 
when folks try to do a pain compliance twisty locky thing on you know someone who is semi-compliant but not really if you keep it on completely at some point he's going to say fuck it and he's going to pain through it and rebel and, and and fight back as opposed to just jolting the person every once in a while similarly i think our approach to throttling up or throttling back on all of these uh, uh, social measures of distancing of fuck it, you know, first of all, hygiene, how, how about we just stick to kindergarten hygiene permanently? I mean, that, that's just a good idea. I don't know why it takes this thing to do that, but it does. Um, so being able to, to, to selectively ratchet it up or, or, or throttle it back, I, I think is going to be important because then you're going to get these nutcases that take their kids' lives because he'd rather have it happen by his hand than someone else's or viruses. And then you might have that Jim, jo Jim, jo Jim Jordan. <laughs> Isn't Jim Jordan the senator from somewhere? Um, <laughs> the Jim Jones yeah. nonsense. Kool-Aid drinking, everything's going to happen. And by the way, I just, I'm clearing out all my shit right now. Um, if anyone needs uh, some Jizzlist items, um, I've got like the complete set here. Talk to me offline if you, if you might want that. I've got canisters. I've got, I've got the wipes in case anyone gets infected. But getting back to topic, um, uh, yes, new normal. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Or, or at least a throttled uh, proportional normal has to happen. I see it here in LA. Uh, people are starting to go stir crazy. I go running by myself. I found a trail that no one's on. And um, as time goes by, I see more and more people getting out because they just can't stand it. They're going stir crazy. Their kids are driving them nuts. Their significant others doing the same. And they can only take it so long. So unless they have a release valve planned or, or some way to accommodate people's desire just to get out and be normal. I remember back in the freaking 70s, the, the gas shortage and the rationing. You can only go get gas if the, your license plate ended in a, uh, an even number or an odd number or something like that. Um, I, I don't know what mm -hmm. the answer is, but there has to be a vent, a release valve, all this pressure building up. Otherwise, people get stupid. 
the, the longer the longer this goes, the longer this goes, the the more crazy shit you're going to see, man. And I remember in San Antonio, in Bear County, where I'm at, you know, they the they said, "Hey, shelter in place until April 9th. And I I looked around to my team, and I'm like, guys, nothing magical is going to fucking happen between now and April 9th. Okay, so that is just a arbitrary number. And now it's, you know, then it was April 30th, and now it's May 20th. Listen, guys, I don't think anything magically is going to get better in the next 60 days. So the longer that this July minimum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, yeah. I mean, so the longer this goes, you're going to see some very strange shit. I mean, right now, I think we're in the, the calm of it. And I'm not an alarmist. I mean, you know, hey, look, I got, <laughs> I got, I got my, my gear and my, I got you know a thousand rounds of Alpha One loaded. I mean, I, 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 I'm you know I'm fine, but but let's have this conversation in thirty days, forty five days, and sixty days, and in, in when people's money stops coming in, or you've already pissed through your stimulus check, or you've done whatever, like uh, things could get a little weird. And I do think you're going to see some supply issues. I mean, the gun industry is already seeing that. So we're seeing major supply issues right now. Uh, but what happens when, the, you know, your meat processors or your egg farms or, you know, the dairy people? Or what happens when that those industries start going down? I got, I, the longer this goes, you're going to see some shit, you know? So there, there was a question in the chat just now about, once enough antibodies get out there that people show is recoverable, they'd be brought back into the workplace. And they, they've already announced that realistically it's going to be 12 to 18 months before there's a vaccine. Um, that's coming from whoever the guy is that Trump has doing all yeah. the, the stuff. And I can't remember his name. In that time frame, you're going to see people get brought back into the workplace. You're going to see a moderate return to how things you know slowly start functioning again but you're also going to see a mutation in the virus as it it, it happens every time where you're going to have a second strain a third strain it's resistant to these drugs and then you're going to see some of that some of this panic and craze take place all over again with a lot of people going through the same problems they're going through now because they didn't take it serious, they didn't prepare, they didn't get supplies, and it's it's going to be, yeah. Realistically, I was thinking probably October, October, November, but it's it, it once once people start, you know, getting it recovering, they haven't shown whether or not that recovery prevents them from getting it again or getting a new strain, and it's it's going to take a long time to get all of this sorted out. Yeah, there, right now, I mean, there's no meaningful data on any of this. I mean, we don't we don't know what. I mean, we don't we don't know if you can get reinfected. We don't know if there's other strains of this thing. You don't know if uh, you know some of these meds that have have at least initially seemed to be effective uh, are truly effective. I mean, there's no data on this. In, in in all of us here, I think everybody on this panel is data driven people. We have no information so you're just kind of fucking winging it so when that whenever the city or the county or the state or the country says oh hey you know this date here hey hey uh you know shelter in place until now or do that that doesn't mean shit right, okay. 
that doesn't mean shit. It, I mean, like, they, that date keeps getting pushed back further and further and further. And, uh, I mean, you know, at, at, at some point, I mean, you, you can't just halt the world. You can't just stop. So, at some point, we're going to have to get back into it, and, and nobody can predict when that's going to be. I mean, I, I think what you're saying is true. I mean, 18 months, that probably sounds more realistic than Easter, you know? Yeah, I, I, I think what we'll end up seeing, especially vaccination-wise, they'll say X, Y, Z. Then they'll spring good news and say, hey, we're ready for more trials by whatever time frame. I, I would suspect we would end up seeing that probably by September, October. By the fall, we'll start to see vaccination more widespread with this right now, as far as that goes. I think we'll start to see that probably by October. Regardless if it's human guinea pigs or not, but you're going to be a guinea pig. That's also contingent on uh, companies doing what's in the best interest of everyone and not themselves. Like when the testing was first coming out, there was a tech company that had a patent on something that revolved around the testing and they actually sued and put all the testing uh, production to a halt. So if shit like that happens, it's going to be a lot longer because people are assholes and self-serving and that's it. So there's got to come up, come to a point where we as a society have to do what's best for the society and take ourselves as individuals out of the equation to an extent. And that also kind of ties into people realizing that they can lower their standard of comfort and still be okay. Um, you know, you, you may not be eating steak and burgers twice a week. You may be living off of Franks and beans and ramen and stuff like that. But as long as you're surviving, that has to be the level that you're okay with versus full panic. It seems to me a lot of people have never experienced privation or, or, or gone a day or two without food or know what discomfort is let alone the difference between pain and injury. So I, I see that not only in training, like for, for, you know, practical application stuff, but I see it in, in their personal life as well. They don't know the difference between what's sustainable and, and what is a, a passing moment that they, you know, will get through because they've never been tested. They're a bunch of veal. They're like little cattle running around being, being veal. stuffed. Like, okay, <laughs> like, veal. Um, not not the basketball player, but the Kobe that is slaughtered early and eaten. You know that's what they are. They're in a helicopter crash. Mm-hmm. See, I tied that in. That was nice. That was nicely done. So I could see some people being upset by what uh, Todd just said. Being, well, well, wait a minute. That that sounds what like communist uh, for the good. Okay, let's 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 consider gun rights. I mean, there's going to be a point where someone's going to need to step up when we get to that point and we're going to need to act for the best for our children and for everyone around us. And if that means we're going to have to make sacrifice, that's what it means. So you're so, saying I should just go drill that third hole tonight? That too. Okay. But I'm, I'm seeing similarities say, here. I'm, I'm, I'm but, proud to say every son's Liberty lower is auto pocket cut. <laughs> little pitch, little pitch right there. Hey, save me a but, little work. Yeah. Hey, listen, I mean, I don't. I don't think any of us can predict what the new normal is going to look like. I mean, I, I don't. I can tell you this: nothing's going to be the same after this. You know, I mean, uh, your favorite eatery 
is probably gone. Your favorite bar is probably gone. I mean, my stripper it? wife, what's happening to her? I, I have no idea. Yeah, if, exactly. if she's in, if she's in Vegas, she's doing like hand sanitizer wrestling matches right now. Yeah, but what's the world going to look like, you know, 60 days from now? Dude, 60 days ago, there were people rolling in money, and those people are fucked. So, I mean, what is the new normal going to look like? I mean, I, this is a... I mean, you know, our grandparents went through stuff with World War II and, and, uh, and uh, women were turning their stockings in for you know, the nylon. And, you know, you, you saw, uh, you know, car companies, uh, you know, producing bombers and doing like, I mean, right now we're, we're currently in this position. I mean, you have car companies building ventilators. You have, you know, <laughs> the My Pillow guys building masks. I mean, so what is the, the new normal? going to look like. I, I don't think any of us can predict that right now. I mean, this is, I mean, our, our, our grandkids are going to talk about this stuff, you know? That's, that's a conversation that I was having with my dad a couple days ago where he was born in the 40s. Um, he said that this is an unprecedented time and event in his lifetime where you know, we're facing potentially another depression. There's so much up in the air with no real solid answers that you kind of just have to wait and see how it plays out and just do whatever you can to evolve with the times. Otherwise, you know, you may very well be left by the wayside. And he, you know, he's almost 80 years old. Um, he, actually, I guess he's, he's almost 80. He, uh, is a hundred percent disabled combat vet. And so his healthcare is being done through the VA and he was at Walter Reed hospital and, you know, he's there getting blood work done and Marines come in that are exposed and they're sitting mm -hmm. four feet from him. And so, I mean, he, you know, he had a real gut check moment where, Oh shit, do I have this now? And, you know, he, my, my dad has never been a very emotional guy. Uh, he's always been very logic driven. And to see that emotion and get that phone call from him was pretty shocking. And so it's, you know, even little things like that, people are going to have to learn to take into stride and, and incorporate that into their lives because you don't know how it's going to feel until it hits you. And it's going to hit hope close to home for a lot of people. I haven't seen my son in a couple of days. Like I, I'm, I'm so scared about taking this thing home that I, I'm – Right now, if you can see where I'm at, uh, I'm living in one of our, you know, rental properties. You know, I, I'm, dude. I, anyways, hey, I, I, I just, uh, I, I think everybody's a little, little, <laughs> little freaked out right now. You know. And so I, my I don't. Dad was born in 1925. He's 94. Going to be soon. And um, I remember, he, well, he still tells, tells, tells me stories of going to school and with a paper bag for his lunch that's, it had to last him the whole week. He would keep using that same bag for the whole week, paper bag, and breaking out his butter sandwich. You know, all that was in there was butter. And um, sometimes the school teacher would have his, uh, you know, he, he, 
ladle out some slop, some kind of stew with mystery meat in it for the kids to eat in their one room schoolhouse. So, you know, that could be the new normal, as I think Mike was saying a moment ago. You just don't know what's in store. You've got to be prepared for it. And I don't think a lot of these people will adjust very well to it. They're going to lose their marble. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. If, 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 we, if we do experience some sort of shortage, you know, if, if you know, if, if, you, if you can't go, just go buy a can of beans. I mean, you're gonna see, you're gonna see some weird shit, and in the longer this goes, like the 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 probability of of things getting real weird, I mean, they just go up. You know, I mean, I. <laughs> eh, it'll be what it be. You can't change it. You can't fix it. There's only so much of it you can embrace. I think one of the factors, too, that only a small percentage of the population is paying attention to is the grab for power that's also taking place while all this is going on. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Um. You know, I'm reading articles about how I think it's Washington State is pushing for facial recognition. There's a lot of really scary potential mm -hmm. sidetracks from this that, unless you really pay attention, you wouldn't even know about. Yeah. And, and this is not even getting to the conspiracy theory level where they're putting tracking chips in the coronavirus vaccine and it's going to function on the 5G that just got installed. Like, oh, I love that's, those there's definitely the conspiracy aspect to it, but there is also some serious things that are being pushed that are being hidden within a lot of things that could do some good. Can you get there we are. Oh, yay, it went to me. Uh, sorry, my, my stuff was jacking up. All right, consider this, guys. We're going to be talking about this for a very long time. For, heck, you know, for years, uh, decades. You look back at the, the, the depression, you know, through... 
1929 to 1938, guess what? The first bit of gun control legislation occurred in 1934. So I, I can very well see in even a year's time, uh, you know, groups like Moms Demand Action, they'll, they'll come out and they say, well, more people have died by guns than COVID-19. And that spurs another round of, of this, this it, almost uh, as Matt was referring to, kind of a communist. Can, can you hear me? Well, okay, good. good. I wasn't sure if my mic got out again, but. We and lost he died. Ron. Yeah, we lost Ron. The, the communism comment is actually really interesting too, because you have all these people that are, I want to, I want to vote for a social democratic socialist and all that. And this, they're practicing socialism right now to an extent where nothing's on the shelf. Everything's being allocated. Oh, well, you want that too bad. So it's from the political side of things, it's, it's kind of an eye-opening experience for a lot of people as well. Yeah, we're, we're not quite Venezuela yet. <laughs> no, because we're not arming rebels with AR-57s and stuff like that. We could, though. I, 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 know, could. It, I know it It hurts your soul to hear this, but I want one. I want an AR-57 that takes the P90 mags for novelty, if nothing else. I'll make you one. I'll do it myself. I'm Matt. I'm sending you one right now, dude. Okay. This week, I'm going to get you a, an AR-57. You're going to make me drive only, up to Utah and take it from Matt? The, ol the, the only one we've ever made, ever. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you guys, both of you, matching ones. Uh, <laughs> oh, speaking of friends in the industry, Todd might be able to help with your ammo issue. Yeah, Mike, check your check your uh, Facebook Messenger. I appreciate that. And, and honestly, like, I mean, as far as my personal, like, like, family ammo situation, I'm I'm good. I'm covered as shit, dude. But well, we we've already yeah, talked but, about it. No, no. But what I but, but I'm not gonna lie. Like, I mean, dude, we test fire every bolt. We test fire every bolt carrier group that's for every upper every gun and i can tell you right now like you know we're having to pay scalper fucking prices to to maintain that level of qc dude i mean uh, well i i may be able to help with that um we've talked about it on a couple of the modcasts so the cat's already kind of out of the bag so i'll just bring it up i i have a guy that used to have a bunch of government uh ammo contracts he claims he can still do gigantic bulk orders of ammo. Um, I sent him a text. I have not heard back from him. Last I heard, he, he was living in his shop. Uh, well, I'll, it. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll commit right now publicly online. Like, dude, send me at least 100,000 rounds. I need at least 100,000 rounds to get us to, you know, our shelter-in-place date, which is May 30th, I think. So... If you can, you can do that. I'm, I'm sold publicly. All right. I'll uh, as soon as I hear back from him, I will reach out to the people that have contacted me and and see. I don't. He used to be able to ship. I don't know if that's still the case. Uh, so if not, then I may be convoying to various states to drop off ammo purchases. Road trip. Well, we'll see. Just rent a U-Haul and go. Since I have plenty of time at the moment. So we do need to put together that group by, though. Well, first I have to hear back and find out what he can get, what he can't get, 
where it can be shipped, all that stuff. But we will we'll definitely get something going if it's possible. He, uh, like I said, he's last I heard was living in his shop, uh, trying to catch up on production for his stuff that he's making. And they had also had people attempting to break in, so he couldn't leave anymore. So, like, he had family and friends doing drop offs of food and supplies a couple times a week. Well, why do you think Steve's in his basement every day? Because I like it here. Well, that, and you're <laughs> waiting for you're waiting to ambush someone trying to get in to get all your Arcteric. Let them have it. They can have it. I ain't worried about that. I'm looking forward to episode 736 I, I, of these of these open mics where we're auctioning off your stuff. That would be awesome. Yeah, I'm going to get that Victo shit, man. I, I, I still need some of that stuff. I don't have any yet. All our characters. I don't even play to my league. <laughs> if, we're, if we're auctioning stuff off, there are some parts that I would do terrible, terrible things for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't. I don't dabble in the minors, man. That's 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 bush league bullshit. That ain't me. <laughs> nope. Hey, Travis, that's you are currently that. muted. Let's see if you have any audio. Is that working? Yep. Sweet. So, you know, as a guy that messes with dogs in law enforcement, how is this affecting anything? Um. Things have been pretty slow lately. Uh, not a whole lot of dog calls. We did have a swap call out just a little while ago. We ended up with 25 people quarantined because somebody showed up that had been exposed to it. So you've probably heard a lot about that. Oh, yeah. I've known for a while since, yeah. the, since that occurred. Yeah. So that was, that was kind of cool that you get the phone call that uh, – you need to be quarantined until everybody was tested, but it all came back negative, so we're good to go. Oh, good. Including the typhoid Mary? Yes. It, as He's far a as negative? I know, everybody came back negative. Oh, good. Okay. Because so, I... How, uh, uh, yeah. how, how have the protocols for uh, like the canine oh. units and all that changed since they announced that there was the potential for pets to not necessarily contract, oh. but carry... Um, the virus and all that stuff. So these, these are coworkers. Come on. <laughs> yeah, they're dogs. They're dogs. Um, so really the protocol hasn't changed a whole lot. Um, I run a patrol dog and so he doesn't, his access to the public and stuff is pretty slim unless he's in the middle of working or something. I, I uh, don't get him out a whole lot and, and introduce him to people and stuff, obviously with the risk of, of animals contracting it and stuff, but um, just kind of rolling the same. I guess I keep a little closer eye on if he started to show like symptoms that he was sick or something. But as far as I know, we're kind of rolling standard protocols. So. Matt, I'm going to leave this up to you for a lot of these because I don't know who most of these people are at this point. I don't know who they are either. They're just kind of filing it's, in. and it's, it's harder for me to kind of help direct conversation when I don't yes. know people's backgrounds. Well, of everyone on the screen right now, two of them live in the same area as I do, and they might even know each other. Matt, how are you doing up there, man? I mean, what's happening in your area? And these two guys can help with answering that too. Uh, Almost business as usual. Traffic it feels like a Sunday every day. 
there's reduced traffic. Uh, businesses, essential businesses are all open, grocery stores and restaurants. But it just, uh, it seems like we have an uptick in domestics, in juvenile problems, any type of, anywhere where there might be a little conflict, especially if people are stuck indoors for long periods of time. Travis, are you seeing about the same? Yeah. So are you, are you, uh, about you're seeing the restaurants still open? What was that? You're seeing restaurants still open up there? Where you're Pretty at? much every restaurant for takeout. I see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a um, lot of takeout restaurants. Most stores are still open. Yeah. They all have plastic covers in front of, in front of the tills and and whatnot. So, so if you cough or something, but things are kind of standard as usual. We're seeing a lot less people out, especially later at night and stuff. So, I know our the, calls volume are, has just dropped. And it's, I also appreciate the fact that I've seen a lot less traffic, a lot less traffic enforcement. I think that's wise. I think it's smart. Yeah. Not too long ago, I worked a shift and I think we went the whole night and I didn't hear a single trap. Anybody call out on a single traffic stop. Um, traffic in general is just way less. I went to my first dispute, domestic dispute that was over. Um, half of the family wanted to quarantine and the other half didn't. And they were, that's what the fight started over. So that was a little interesting. So where you guys are, are uh, with, as far as traffic stops, if there, has there been a change at all as far as protocol or when you're performing them or not? Because out here, from my understanding, and again, I may be wrong, officers are being told not to issue traffic stops unless the behavior is so just egregious that it can't be ignored that's what that's what we're being told too is essentially unless there's a, a immediate risk or a risk to the public if we don't get involved to essentially not um, they've also talked a lot about if you do stop somebody maybe just running all their information over the radio having them hold the driver's license to where you can just read the number off of it and stuff like that are you seeing any property crime? Graffiti. Um, I've seen, I've heard of some, some houses getting broke into, but I haven't, I haven't seen much. For some reason, we've been getting increased graffiti. Really? Kind of strange. Yeah, well, I guess it's, it's the kids that are just uh, stuck inside and bored out of their mind. But I am also seeing a lot more people out and about on foot, out on walks, walking dogs, walking with family, riding bikes. I went up the canyon the other day and there were more people up the canyon just walking around and, and stuff than I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Nate, how often are you down at the university? Um, well, since seeing as I don't officially work there anymore, um, I haven't been there, um, much. So just as a background, why that's relevant, cause I went to school there for a while and then I taught there for a little bit, but the university actually did a, I think they've basically shut everything down. There was 
nothing different from most major universities around the country, but um, I would go in and not see anybody. And where I work right now uh, has about 2,000 employees and over 1,900 of them are working from home, including me now. Hmm. So, and, and we actually were, I was talking with my wife, I was talking with uh, some people we were eating with. I, I just wonder what the longer term impact is going to be as far as working from home. Um, and that, that could be some sort of, you know, an incentive or a little bit of flexibility. Uh, people come in and say, hey, you know, we need you here at least one or two or three days a week. But if you want to work from home, you know, a few days a week or, you know, just giving people more flexibility. And, and we we're talking about, you know, the difference between a, you know, rush hour traffic standstill and it's not that bad here in Cache Valley. It's a little annoying, but there's certainly big cities where that's a major concern. If you drop the traffic level, you know, 1%, 2%, I mean, not even 5%, that totally changes everything. And so like you were saying, I mean, not that we would wish something like this to happen by any means, but can we take some good things as some good? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lessons from this. You know, you can still be productive workers being at home and that reduces, you know, expense, gas, time on the road. My buddy's loving this. He gets two hours of his life back every day. Yeah. You know, because he's not driving through Salt Lake. I was just... I was saying that same thing. I said of the people that are working from home and are being productive, how are you going to tell these folks that you absolutely need them to come in every day when this is over? I mean, I, I guess you can tell them, yeah, under risk of being fired, but yeah, there are so many people that do you really need to be there every day? And then traffic, and then you can say uh, an, environment, an environmental standpoint, less people driving around. Yeah. At least the meetings, at least all the stupid meetings we've all been called to before that we no longer have to go to. Uh, yeah. How, how do they justify that going forward? Right. Yeah, dude. It's uh, well, Zoom. Zoom. But like, well, yeah. I'd rather do Zoom than you know, put the monkey suit on and get shaved and yeah. go into the office. One hundred percent. There was uh, that was that meme in the beginning. It was like we're all about to find out how many of these fucking meetings could have yep. been an email. 
<laughs> well, my, my wife's able to work all of her hours from home. Zoom is used regularly, and they might even be more effective now. Yep. Just because of that, she can be much more comfortable in an environment. There's no travel. Who knows? I, I'm interested to see the future after all this. You don't have people That's, doing drive-by pop-ins to your desk area or your office having mindless conversations. No, my daughter does that. <laughs> you know, at, there's some aspects where they found it just with what my old lady does, uh, whereas to have that face-to-face -face meeting that they were requiring from before with some of the uh, their, their stewards, you know, that they're uh, – this kid's got to get on a bus in a pretty rough place and be out on a bus stop, get this ticket, do all this stuff. And they're out however many hours of this turnaround time. Or now, like if they do have a cell phone, they can just do this Zoom meeting with them and you don't have to put them through all that shit and still check in on them. And that's been pretty awesome. Like There are some, you know, trying to trying to find the silver lining or turn the frown upside down on some of this shit. You know, my, my wife. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Travis. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, Travis. My wife with her nursing school, I mean, she's got almost a two hour commute to where her class is. And they're now doing their class online and being done in like four hours. Her commute time is now the whole time she's spending working on her assignments and stuff as opposed to all day. Yeah, my, my mind automatically goes to mental health in, in these kind of cases because like like for so many of us uh, that were, you know, I don't know, enlisted or with a crew that, that's always, I mean, if you're bored and you're like a, you know, your you're squad mates. You, oh, hey, Ron, I, your mic is not working. Yeah. On the computer, this is going to be great. I don't know. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm going to throw that in the trash later. It's going to be great. Uh, no, um, we automatically go to these, the, the social interaction, right? You, you're going to, you know, BS with your buddies. You're going to play cards. You're going to do something you know, socially. I and mean, that's, that's how so many of us are, are, are these, these social minded beings. And you know, we're going to make fun of somebody or something. I don't know. So when you take out that and you don't have the means of any social interaction outside of the internet, that's where I, I'm seeing a lot of potential for a lot of our, our, battle buddies uh, to really just you know start to come unhinged and probably have mental issues that's a scary place i mean you know, that's that's me man uh you know i i'm not if i'm not around people oh man i, I start kind of clawing up the walls and, and getting pissed off and stuff so uh, yeah yeah we, right now we're, we've got water water everywhere on the internet but not a drop to drink in reality yeah that's one of the things that i'm I know personally, I'm a serial self-isolator anyway, and uh, it, I don't mean to do it, but I just do it, and, uh, but, you know, I, I've been reaching out to a lot of people, that, you know, like you said, it, I think one of the things you can do in the meantime is just reach out to people, and then uh, either for yourself or checking in on them and just kind of keeping that circle strong, and then when you can, just be appreciative of how you when we're done, I know I'm certainly going to be more appreciative of being able to interact with people yeah. for those, for those exact reasons that you said. 
you know, uh, real, real quick, guys. Yeah. Uh, Nick Wantlin from uh, Villator says to tell everyone hello. He can't jump on tonight. <sighs> he said when he does, be prepared to discuss aliens and hidden treasure. As we and should. He's going to direct the, the conversation that way. And uh, I got to jump off. I got to get my wife some dinner while she's feeding our baby. Otherwise, she's going to kill me. So I will try and jump back on later. But if not, everyone have a good night. Awesome. Um, there was something Jack brought up that I thought might be a good thing to discuss, especially now that we have more than a couple law enforcement officers. Talked a little bit about mental health. Also talked about people get, taking taking themselves off meds, whether it's intentionally or because of lack of supply. And in this area, and I think Travis can also comment on this, for some reason, law enforcement is the, they're the first resource to call if someone's having mental issues. So let's think about this for a second. We have people that are trained to deal with criminal things that are armed with firearms, who can be kind of rough at times. Dealing with sensitive subjects, mental illness, where it takes some nuance. Is law enforcement really the best, the best resource to, to go to first? I've taken multiple calls from people saying, hey, I, I need to call in my, my brother's uh, suicidal and he has a firearm. And before I tell them, okay, you need to hang up and call dispatch, I say, just be aware, you are introducing law enforcement officers who are armed and this is not their forte. Um, and I, I try to urge, hey, there, there are mental health places you may want to contact first before you start involving uh, law enforcement. But it's, unfortunately, we, most places don't seem to have those resources to, to address these, these concerns, these issues. Um, the way my agency works with it, if, if someone's threatening suicide, if everyone in the house is, if they're out of harm's way, there's no reason for us to respond. By us responding, we're, we may be forcing a hand. We're putting not only the officers responding in danger, but also the individuals. We're also putting any neighbors in jeopardy because it's, it's a two-way range, potentially, if they decide to try to go suicide by cop or whatever it, would, whatever it may be. Jack, are you seeing that kind of stuff going on with you or in your neck of the woods? Um, what, strangely enough, we had one of those the other day and it was a neighbor that was concerned for another neighbor. And again, my agency wasn't the right one. Like we get, we got there fast enough and just kind of talked. But it, in this state, one of the problems that happened was that they shut down many of the state facilities for mental health. Um, so then obviously like the, the calls for service are higher. Like just in general, there are certain things where, yeah, it is the, are the police the best thing for that? But when there's no other, when the alternatives have been taken away, th those become calls for service that you then have to deal with. Yeah. Um, so it's already been higher. I would say it's already been higher um, as far as me mental health related. Um, Sometimes, you know, 25 to 50% a day might be mental health related uh, or like a, or when you really get down to it, it's a, it's a mental health thing. Um, and like right now, like I said, most people are being homebodies right now, but it's just, like you said, the things of 
not getting the meds, the situation. And yeah, I agree with you. There's a lot of that stuff. Um, are we the best people for that? No. Are we the people for that? Yes. So, um, that that's where I'm left with it. Hey, yeah, Matt. So, so you know that we offer that duty rifle replacement program, right? Where oh, yeah. one of our rifles is used in the line of duty. We're going to send you a loaner until that thing comes back from evidence. Well, and it's chambered in five seven. <laughs> yeah. So we so we started looking at some of the data we got on on how these uh, how these claims came in, and there was a disproportionate number of them that that responded to suicide calls. Okay. So I mean, if a uh, if a traffic stop goes terribly bad, that officer is probably responding with his handgun, and, 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 and that's how it's, it's going to go, right? But if you have a barricaded subject that's, uh, you know, that's suicidal or something, like, guys have time to deploy that rifle from the trunk of their car or something, right? So we started seeing how some of these calls went down, and the disproportionate number of rifles that we were uh there are disproportionate number of claims that started on a suicide call you know and uh and, we, and it sucks because those like those officers deployed hoping to help somebody uh the family called because they were concerned about their family member and then it ends you know how you might predict you know uh you know, there's a guy with a, a knife to his own neck that decides to, you know, charge, and, and you know how that goes down. So, w interestingly enough, what we started to see was there's a lot of agencies that will not even respond to those calls anymore. So, if, if Uncle Joe is threatening some kind of bad thing, that they, they just won't even respond. Because uh, it, 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 it rarely ever turns out well. Like, the police rarely make that situation better. Yeah. You know, and it's not their fault. Yeah. There, there's an aspect of this also that I don't know if many people are mature enough to admit. Line of duty killing someone? That's not a positive thing. People might brag about it. Yeah, I'm going to go and shoot. No. That's not – personally for me, that is not – on my to-do list that's not on my bucket the, the, list the the, the, the the shit that we saw and the claims that we saw i promise that guy did not put his pants on that day and go plan to kill somebody i promise that did not happen you know but it it happens and yeah yeah so so by limiting law enforcement response to something like that also limits the possibility an officer may need to use deadly force, which ultimately has the potential of changing their lives, possibly for the negative. Yeah. And that might create a mental health issue with the officers involved. I know yeah. that they've talked to us about walking away from more of those calls and more and more frequently, unless somebody's in danger or they're committing some crime we're walking away and saying better, essentially better them end up hurting themselves than us doing it or making the scene bigger than what it is. And well, more and more they're seeing us just walk away. 
You said the same thing. You said it. You hit it on the nail on the head, Matt. It's like, is this a situation that you feel I need to introduce a gun to? Because there's a gun on my hip and I'm showing up to that. And they may, they that probably have think. a gun. Hey. Right. Um, now, and it's just like you said, it's, you know, that is probably what we've been seeing more is walking back from those things. It's like, do we absolutely need to be here? Like, what is the exigency of what's happening here? You know, because I know. that means that more law enforcement agencies are going to create more crisis intervention uh, teams or protocols or something like that. That's the hope. Yes, we have. We're sending guys more, uh, more and more guys. We're sending to the official training, like the official state training, and then uh, uh, certain agencies like have the on-duty CIT guys that you call for them for certain things. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And I was one of those at one time, and uh, it's it, it provides a wonderful skill set, the ability, and it and really truthfully, it's the ability to communicate. But Do you again, use it at it's home with your wife, Matt? what was that? Do you use it at home with your wife? I was going to say that. Yes, <laughs> it works. So does it, I understand also negotiation works as well, but I haven't taken that. But also at the same time, especially with what's going on right now, the resources that have uh, the potential of being sapped. So we have a suicidal person and you, you, you assemble the army for that. Kind of like something we just recently wish, uh, uh, witnessed, the potential of multiple people in one area, contamination, spreading something. Okay, now half your agency, half your patrol shift is out on something maybe you shouldn't have responded to. Yeah. Overcommitting is always a problem. Yes. Yeah. And then also reaching that point. Okay. We got it. We got to go. And it takes, it takes a lot of maturity to, uh, to be able to identify that and to take your foot off the gas and to go in the opposite direction. Man, you, you guys are just ruining this conversation. It's depressing now. It's all your fault. Thought we'd t laugh about things and it'd be funny. Can I show serious. you something to laugh about? Something that takes maturity to realize that I fucked up. So we pulled a drug deal and they sent me off to the first bar dip scout sniper school years ago. And we're in there and we're supposed to make our ghillie suits from scratch, right? I brought home, the, or I, I attempted to use this abomination that was just stupid and I, I just. Hit the exit button. I said, fuck it. It's just fucking terrible. So this ended up looking like a fucking, I don't know what. It looks like, like a bale of hay. It looks like a bale of hay. It's a lot of burlap, man. I fucking took the jute 
and I clumped it up and I and I inserted it and I attached it and it just came out in clumps like dreadlock uh, gilly is what it ended up looking like. It's just sad and pathetic. But you're a marine. I, I actually was for eight years, and then I got out, uh, and I went back in uh, to the Army after that. So wait, 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 where'd you make that ghillie at? That was uh, San, uh, first mm, Camp Pendleton. <laughs> no, it isn't. Hey, it's good. Hey. It's, it's for shit. <laughs> I mean, look, looking at it, it looks like uh, you were trying to, to go with, uh, you know, like some, some sheep dog, you know, uh, you know, Grossman sort of. Thank you for oh, working He's going to punch you. Thank you. No, thank you for working with me. I, and uh, Ben, Ben, I'm glad you're here. Yes, some Russian goodness. I found your Gorka. <laughs> Here's the top. Yes, now I can LARP like a real Soviet. And I got the pants. And then I found the Soviet Navy top that was, doesn't go with the Gorka, of course, but it looks very Where's Waldo, only in blue. But anyway, sweet. that's all I had to add. I made one of those when I was recovering from my first shoulder surgery. And I went out and I bought like 10-yard um, chunks of burlap and cut them into three-foot-long chunks and then just started pulling, pulling jute, um, pulling individual threads by the 10s and 15s and 20s. And yep. tie in knots in them, and then you wind up with these bundles that you can just tie in. But yep, so like the garden is best. It took like ten days. I'm not gonna lie; it was just yep. constant manual effort. And and that's what I try to shortcut. I, I said, "Fuck it, this is taking too long." And then as soon as you do that with anything, like yeah, fuck it, I'm not gonna wait for that lot. tool. Fuck it, yeah. I'm not gonna wait for that whatever. That's when you when your world falls apart. Or when you're making that shot, I got it. I can do it. I got it. You don't got it. Isn't there a meme like a? It's a horse, and it starts really nice, and it just turns into something a five-year-old did. <laughs> yeah, I There's an old Norwegian saying that basically amounts to uh, "good beginnings make for good endings." And yeah. any step along the way, you kind of slacken that standard. It's going to make for a shitty result. Yep. Power tools will speed this up. That's from Iowa Engineer, live chat. Yeah, this is live right now. For those of you listening, after the fact, you could have been here, you're missing out. Hey, Matt, I'll tell you right now that people buying guns or people buying anything, anything right now in the time of stress, they need to do their own kind of QC process because, I mean, because, I mean, shit is getting cranked out without anybody looking over it i mean if, if you can barely maintain that kind of stuff when things are good like how the fuck do you think you're gonna maintain that when things are bad oh yeah ben has an entire what would you even call it it's more than a collection it's amazing i call it it's a mail it's a folder on my computer labeled malfunctions and when you're running a group of thirty-one thousand people anytime anybody put, posts something up that's like just a blatant assembly error or manufacturing manufacturing error. Um, I, I screenshot it. I throw it in the malfunctions folder and all the different little subcategories of brands and kinds of malfunctions. And if, um, it's it's a great tool to use to dispel any kind of bullshit that advice that people provide. Like, hey, hey this product is good to go. And that's when shit's good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's in a permissive market. Yeah, dude. I mean, right now I can tell you, even us, 
dude, our, our rejection rate is through the fucking roof. So, I mean, if I need a thousand of anything, I need to order 1200 just to try to compensate for the shit that we're going to fucking fail. So, I mean, like it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it, things are going to be a little bit weird for a few months, man. You know? Well, Mike, the, the irony too is like, I, I would imagine that the vast majority of your rejections are better than half the stuff that's on the market. Yeah, no, but, and, and, and that's true. I mean, it didn't pass our gauge, which is down to, you know, a 10 thou or something like that, right? So, like, the shit we reject would probably pass, like, you know, most people's QC. But, dude, I mean, how much is your brand worth? You know, I mean, what did you build this fucking thing on? You know, you're, you're so, it's, it, I got to tell you, man, I mean, it's, it's uh, even the best. So, I mean, so here's an interesting stat, right? So, uh, if you look at the the eight the high pressure test failure of a well made bolt, okay, it's at three percent. So if you run a high pressure test load on a well made bolt, three percent of those bolts will fail that HP test. Okay. Now that's a one fifty eight carpenter bolt uh, made well. How many 9310 bolts failed that test? You want to make a guess? The, well, the, a guess, man. I'd, I'd say it 20%. Yeah, yeah. The correct answer is who the fuck knows? Nobody, nobody actually HP tests them. So, I mean, like, so you have no idea. So, there's all this, like, I promise you right now, there, because the market is so hot and because everybody's buying stuff, there's a, uh, there, there's probably no baseline. Like right now is the time to stick to things the to to people that care more about their brand than they do about a short term profit. You know, and uh, we're just seeing a lot of shit out there. So, well, well and the, oh, go ahead. Well, it's interesting thing that I, I noticed uh, recently. There, there are several companies that have gone out of business. Uh, even friends of mine that that left uh, the industry uh, at a, you know when when sales were way down. I mean, exceptionally down. And so, so many of them, if they'd have just stuck around, you know, it, it, another year, they would have been really rolling in dough right now. Uh, so, I don't know. Maybe that wall was a good thing to try to weed out some of the chaff or you know, some of the business models that, that weren't prosperous, but you know, if, if you've got a good brand right now, I mean, how much more valuable are you right now? Well, yeah, everyone I mean, still remembers cheaper than dirt and what they did. You're welcome. Well, look at this. For everyone that, that couldn't see Ron's mouth, he was yelling, thank you in this kind of Baptist, <laughs> you know, sort of thing. Preach. He was muted. So nobody else got to hear it. That Southern draw, like, amen. Preach it. Hey, look, hey, look, look, look at BCM. I mean, like, when, dude, after Sandy Hook, okay, uh, BCM was very well known in professional circles and in, uh, you know, cultures that appreciated the weapon, right? But after Sandy Hook, you know, they were one of the, they were one of the guys left standing. They never gouged. 
they they stayed true. They never fucked with their QC. They they still delivered the same good product. They became a household name. So BCM, in my opinion, blew up after Sandy Hook because they didn't fuck anybody. Yeah, and I I think I think like Sons of like Sons Liberty. This is our you know kind of Sandy Hook. You know, I mean, hey, we're we're going to we're going to stay true. We're going to deliver. Uh, the, the everything that we're known for, and we're going to go from being known in professional circles to known in you know the regular guy circles because we're still here. Now, sons yeah. of son, what do you talk? What? What's that? Yeah, well, sons of what are you talking about? Sons Liberty Gunworks. What's it? What's it? What? Oh, that was a show, right? Yeah, I think it was. Right? Yeah. That motorcycle show, right? Yeah, yeah. The motorcycle show. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, dude. Hey, listen. I promise. We're we're the. I wish I, you know what T- tomorrow, Matt. You've inspired me. Tomorrow, the five I'm seven rifle. Video. Hey, tomorrow I'm gonna make a video. I want to show you our rejection bin. I want to see. Yes. I want you to see. I want people to see what didn't pass. I, I wish I would have filmed this shit from months ago so you could see the difference between 60 days ago and today. You know, I wish I somehow could have predicted this would have been an interesting video. Yeah, who, yeah. You know, no one would have been able to predict where we are. A month ago, I was just talking to my chief about this earlier last week, how we were kind of joking, how talking to our kids thinking, hey, don't you wish it was uh, just a week ago or a month ago, how the world was different then? 60 days, I mean, think about it, 60 days. We're, I mean, we're not talking about ancient history. We're not nope. talking about our grandparents. Nope. It's not the 80s, no. No, I mean, like, dude, this was, like, dude, I was in, I was in O'Hare Airport 49 days ago. You know, I mean, eating a fucking cheeseburger, you know? Like, yeah, normal day. Yeah. Now, normal day. now it's normal. Yeah. If we just would have known. Yeah. What then we would all have the stock market. Yes. And then we would all have five seven uppers. <laughs> Fucker. Matt's like bound and determined. I don't know if there's some sort of well, FM I think thing going on or before you came on. Seven, like what what's what's going on? Maybe I missed you, something. You did. you did. Before you came on, Todd said something about five seven and, and Mike came on and Ron, what happened? I don't know. Every day is blending. You, you know, I mean, we, we got into a, a long debate about ballistics, and now the five seven is the superior ballistic, uh, yes. you know, projectile. And you know, Clearly. I mean, it's everything. If you have a PS ninety, you're pretty much God's gift to creation. So yeah. those those short fast bullets, they'll they'll buck the wind. They're light and fast, get you out to a thousand, and all in yeah, a well, well, ten thousand yards. Ten thousand yards. Half a minute. Squirrels just. Man, they're they're scared to death when they hear that there's a five seven coming. Uncle Cletus has a uh, a special reload recipe up for it. He's able well, to put a seventy. He's able to put a seventy seven tip match king in it, and it's just devastating out of the. Uh, out of the somebody's pe- somebody's gonna listen to this and then kind of just be clicking through and then be like, oh really five seven okay, and then there's like five seven tip match king. Yeah, it's like a blackout. You got to use H one ten. Order now. <laughs> as far as
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Because that rejection rate stuff goes, Todd Gimian wrote that article on uh, Air, Build Junkie, on barrels, and got contacted by DC Machine, who kind of ragged on him, like, he didn't include us, we're the number one, you know, high output barrel manufacturer in the industry. And and in that email, bragged about how their rejection rate was 0.3%. Yeah. To me, that's not a bragging point. That's, to me, that's a, that's a, uh, screw the customer like we're not doing actual QC here um, we're making a whole lot of barrels that are getting through because our rejection standards are so low what I want to know is and Matt do you yeah. do you remember when we were at Will Larson's class and he was talking about Sandy Which Hook time? well the one that I was oh okay yeah yeah at Al uh, yeah. in 17 yeah and uh, it was very similar to what Mike was talking about you know what happened post Sandy Hook and you know, when BCM was out of Carpenter 158, what did they do? They went out of stock and there were no bolts from BCM until they got more Carpenter 158. Now there's other companies that, you know, if you wanted a, let's just say for example, a random uh, Mark 18 or something like that, certain companies were still cranking those out and you know, maybe they were 9310, maybe they were 158, you know, who knows? And, well, and I think that's, yeah. uh, and, that's, and, that's the, not, I mean, and, and it's but, not just the cheap companies. Yeah. No, I mean, you can but, spend over a thousand dollars and still get the, the questionable materials, et cetera, et cetera. And that's, that's why we were talking about, you can't use cost alone as a measure of, of quality. That's one of the earliest things I remember Mike from Sons of Liberty saying with his production, if they're out of a specific product, they're out of the product. They're not going to go find some replacement yeah. from random manufacturer. It has and, to be the product they, they want and they need. Yeah, and I think it's so easy for companies. I mean, I didn't see it on a manufacturing standpoint, just from the, uh, from the sales standpoint, but it would be so easy to start cutting corners on little things, oh, yeah. especially if you're a salesperson and not a, even an armorer. And you don't realize, hey, you know, this spring is a spring. It doesn't matter, you know, but that can be a big deal. And, and I went on a rant on this, you know, a couple of years ago on the show, but, 
you know, a spring can shut the gun down, a bad gas ring. I mean, that's devastating if one of those things breaks inside the gun while it's shooting and things yeah. like that. And that's like- only as good as its weakest part. Yeah, yeah. it's like a five Threat cent difference or a 10 cent difference or something like that. And it would be so easy to devolve. And that's, you know, not to, not to be brown nosing on mic or anything, but that's why I love their parts kits. You know, you put those kits together and every single one of them I've had, the selector feels right. The detents, you don't need to be using a rubber mallet the first 10 times to get them in and out. You know, and then, and then you look at the, the price difference is what, 20 bucks? Not even you know? that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, there's a lot of guns don't, guns don't fail because uh, the fucking rail fell off. Or guns don't fail because, you know, your, your grip sucks. Like, like guns failed because you know, a spring didn't perform, you know, uh, uh, a, a, a set screw didn't set, you know, like, I mean, that, like the, the, if we look at like actual performance, when you're talking about pushing something to its, to its maximum use or to its, uh, to its end use, uh, the reason why things fail are, are usually very, very simple. I mean, a plane doesn't crash because the fucking wing fell off. The plane crashes because, like, you know, one tiny wire fucked up. Oh, I thought so, it was because they flew in the Bermuda, the Bermuda, uh, the, uh, Bermuda Triangle or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That too. Well, we no, call that the Boeing Max these days, but never mind. No, but, but you're exactly right. I mean, at the end of the day, like, these little tiny things do matter. And if you're trying to reduce the potential for mechanical failure to zero then you have to take every one of those little tiny things into consideration. And, and that's the nature of it. And right now, honestly, I mean, think about the kind of shit that's being cranked out just, just to get shit out. Like, yeah. that's what I'm worried about. Like, I mean, that, that's the stuff that I'm like, man, you know, what, what are you putting out there? Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because when you compound the QC issues with, you know, parts and materials, you're talking about barrels and springs and bolts and all that. And you compound that on the, uh, on top of, well, ARs are like Legos. I'm going to put this Assembly together with hand tools in the, in the shop off of a YouTube video. And I mean, even when I, when I was uh, managing the range for a while, you know, I, I don't even know how anything works, you know, that comes from questionable people being put together by people who don't quite understand things. I mean, like that was the first time I heard what it sounds like when a gas block bounces off the uh, back of a muzzle device because it wasn't actually attached and all sorts of interesting things. Now, I, I kind of enjoyed that because I loved seeing all the ways that an AR-15 can fail spectacularly because of uh, improper assembly, but yeah, that happened the all the time. The fact that some of those guns do run is a testament to the design. Oh, yeah. It's not a testament to the production quality. It's a testament to Eugene Stoner's internal piston direct impingement whatever you want to call it it's the the design of the rifle and that's why it works even with lurking problems yeah. a lot of people yeah. don't understand that just because it goes bang right now doesn't mean there's not a problem inside that's yeah. self-destructing the gun every time you pull the trigger yeah. hey, th hey think about this you can install a hammer spring completely wrong you, you can install it literally backwards and that gun will still work most of the time yeah and that tells you a lot about like how fucking awesome the design of this thing is that you can install something completely wrong and most of the time it's going to work right i mean now i would hope that all of us here 
are in the business of working every time as opposed to most of the time. But like, but think about that. I mean, you can put the hammer spring in completely backwards and probably 90% of the time, it'll dent in primer. It's almost like it was designed to be Facebook user proof. <laughs> I got to put a trigger spring in one time and it passed a function check. And I was like, oh shit, that's crazy. And then I put it back in. But I'm just saying like, yeah, stuff like that will pass. Um, but I did want to say, because um, just really quick on this topic, whenever units come back from a deployment, we basically do a reset. And that reset is getting a gun as close as you can to manufacture, like, like you're just receiving it from the manufacturer. It's called a reset. And the things that we're replacing aren't big things. They're selector springs, they're gas springs, they're extractor springs. But all of those little things that could be just a little bit bent or a little bit worn or whatever are things that make the gun fail. And so we're not putting a huge ton of money into this, but, and this is only talking ARs, like purely ARs, um, but we're not putting a lot of money into replacing it. We're just making those small, important parts perfect again. Um, when, when it comes to machine guns, I say that it's ARs only because when it comes to machine guns, it gets a little different. Like a lot of times with machine guns, we'll do um, a lot of sear replacements. If we do a reset, we'll do sears because sears are, are uh, super important just based off like safety standards because guys will, if too fast, uh, specifically speaking, guys will basically run their 249 with the bolt open, put it on safe. And so that sear is constant wear on it or they'll improperly pull the bolt back while the sear is up. And it's just stuff like that. But um, no, with ARs, it's total small stuff, but it's super important. Um, Can I tie in something about getting parts in backwards and function checks? And in fact, most people don't uh, conduct a proper function check. Only if it's with a Beretta 92. If that's you're exactly about to talk about that's exactly the new function check, so oh, okay, Beretta. So so ding dongs will pull apart their their magazines. Good on them. They want to get in there and get all the crud out if it might be crudded up. But then they take it apart and, and don't realize that it went it it came apart a certain way. Then they'll put the uh, the round follower backwards into the magazine body and shove all the parts back together. It'll load properly. It'll look right. But unless they do a function check with an empty magazine to see if it locks the slide to the rear, as you should, and rarely is ever done, then they're not going to find that. That little, little window there with the shoulder on, on, on the follower needs to poke its head up through to, to, to lock the slide to the rear. So uh, getting things backwards, I, I'd actually prefer if things wouldn't go back together backwards and would fail if they, if they don't. You know what I mean? Like, like there needs to be some kind of like, hey, dipshit, you got it backwards. That it went together yeah. wrong. Exactly. And then I've got, a a I've got an audio trivia question for you. Off camera, I'm going to make a sound. Let's see if you can identify it. No? It's a clacker. All right, what? never mind. Click, click, I click. love this new game, though. Am I supposed to say thunder? Wait. No. <laughs> Lightning. <laughs> All right. I'm jumping off. i got to make you talk Fine. To you what I want to know, though, is if Ben is in cent a central time zone and it's 10 o'clock at night over there, why are there sunglasses on his head? 
because I saw sunlight today for the first time in like three months in the Midwest. So I was outside reading Alone at Dawn, which is an awesome book, very well written, um, and smoking my pipe for like four hours this afternoon. Got some vitamin D in my system. Okay, I guess that's okay. And we have Wait, Chris. Not in Idaho, yeah. right? Not right now. Because you nope. said that's like a 300 days of sunlight. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm in Wisconsin. I also see that Mike got dressed up for this modcast and put together. That's good. <laughs> Chris. Fair Mike was uh, kind of dragged in by me without really any preparation. Hey, man. Dude, I, we, for like the last two weeks, we've been going nonstop, man. I, I really have not slept much. I, I haven't uh, done much of anything except drive fucking production. So, it's like, you see this haircut? You see this hairdo? Like, this is what it looks like whenever you know, you've spent the last two weeks doing nothing but, like, pushing shit out the door because there's a lot of people counting on us and uh i envy you fuckers that sleep steph does his haircut upset you um no because he's not my coworker, so i don't give a shit what he does okay based <laughs> on a discussion from yesterday <laughs> i actually ate i i know her by the way like i i i uh, we know each had other breakfast with shut up at IHOP. <laughs> Chris, how's it going, man? Are you able to? Are you working from home, or how is this working for you? Yep, working from home, doing the uh, telecommute, I guess is the term, but not too shabby, you know. It saves me some uh, commuting time. And I'm I'm guessing the fact that you're well trained wearing gas masks, it's perfect timing for the environment we're living in now. So far, so good. I have not had to break it out yet, but we've uh, we've been limiting our exposure outside of the house. So nice. When the time comes, I'm definitely ready. Yes. So I'm just curious when some of our battle buddies are going to start start wearing mop gear outside. So any of you guys got your mop gear ready to roll out? Do you not? <laughs> Shh! I don't want to get the memo. What I've got, man. Oh. Yeah. So what did you guys talk about before I was on here? Nothing. A lot of stuff. Uh, no? Nothing. It's been quiet. We've been waiting for you to show up. Okay. And now that you're here, now we can talk. <laughs> okay. I know Ron's been here since the beginning. He could probably tell you. We talked about the superiority <laughs> of the five seven. Yes, and the Beretta ninety two mm -hmm. now. Yeah. And, uh, and airlines. Airlines discussion was very interesting. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that's, I, I guess I'm the odd man out. I'm, I, I work for an airline and uh, currently I have the longest commute of anybody. I, I'm staying right now with my folks in the middle of nowhere, Arkansas. I'm from Colorado, work for an airline. So yeah, yeah. I've been, uh, uh, well, at, at this point, half of my flights have canceled. So yeah. Dang. But I love how you have a safe and then cleaning wipes on top of the safe behind oh, you. And that's oh, we're, perfect. We're, we're, we're hoarding it. Okay. Now, I, I do have my yeeter discreter behind me. You know, the uh, 
Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, mm. it's, 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 I mean, everybody needs the, the unit discreter, you know, right beside your safe. I mean, we're not going to put this in the safe. God, no, we're going to keep this outside with the cleaning wipes. So if we need to, uh, you know, take care of some germs, we can do so quietly. Well, the toilet paper is inside the safe now, right? That's you pull <laughs> exactly. all the guns out. <laughs> 100%, man. Hey, that 1022, I, that's a goddamn American staple right there, man. I mean, like, oh, that yeah. is, yeah, if you don't have one, you're a fucking communist. You know? <laughs> so so it's, it's actually, that, that's my, my dad's. I'm staying, you know, at, at the, the farmhouse, right, I guess you'd call it. You know, I evacuated my, my family out here because, you know, Colorado's getting crazy. And I wanted the kids to be able to go out and go fishing and, you know, ride four-wheelers and all that stuff. Uh, so I got them out here two weeks ago. And uh, since then, we've only been out shooting once. Uh, you know, of course, my kiddos, uh, you know, they, they love the 1022 with the suppressor. They don't have to wear ears. Life is good. We've got subsonic rounds. It's even better. Uh, oh, my internet connection is going south now. Anyway, uh, the one thing that's been the biggest disappointment uh, throughout this uh, uh, sequester in Arkansas has been the fact that I, uh, I had some tannerite that I was hoping to uh, put holes in the ground with, and it failed to detonate. I mean, talk about just your total killjoy, man. Yeah, no kidding. I, I don't, I don't know exactly know why. My, my hypothesis is that the ammo that I was using was just a soft load, and it wasn't reaching the velocity that it needed to detonate the tetherite. I don't know. Well, I have to like find out. The QC on ARs isn't the only thing that's gone down the drain. You can't even get powdered aluminum these days to work right. Right. <laughs> then again, it has been raining nonstop out here. There is a question that's been brought up. Now, this is the third time. Um, <laughs> any funny stories involving shotguns loaded with flares? Oh, man. Shotguns loaded with flares. I, I got really nothing. hinting at something? Or that's that's what really I'm thinking. Just... Maybe. Hmm. Uh, well, I mean, Dragon's Breath is always fun, especially uh, when you're in a burn ban. I don't know, but. I, I got what? nothing. I mean, we need to get Joe Exotic in here. Yes. <laughs> so, what a horrible yeah, show. At the bottom of, of the shotgun flare problem. Ron, so yes, you man. started off and you were like, oh, I'm kind of different. I work for an airline. Da -da -da. And I got to tell you, if we didn't have people who had different jobs in this community, this thing would be so boring. So thank you for doing something different while still having guns in your life. Like, I can't. It would be it would be bland. So well, it's you, good. you know, it, it's ironic. Uh, I I have conversations all the time with uh, fellow airline crew members, uh, you know, about firearms and, and and you know sometimes it's in like the most inappropriate places. Uh, last year I was uh, I was flying with a good buddy of mine who's a, a, a first officer, or at least he, he was at the time. He's now a captain, but uh, he's a, he's a former UH sixty driver, warrant officer, right? And so I'm like, oh yeah, he's, you know, we're you know good friends off the bat. And we're talking about, uh, I don't know, I think at the time that the whole EOTech debacle was going on, you know, and so we were talking about that. And this lady, and we're talking about it in the airport. And this lady comes up to us and like, you can't be talking about that. You have to stop. Well, okay. Well, I, I guess we will stop talking about EOTech. Aim point. <laughs> yeah. Where was that? I'm sorry. What state was that? Where was that? Uh, oh, that was in Denver, actually. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and ironically enough, we were uh, flying a flight down to Colorado Springs, and we had some of the U.S. Olympic shooting team on the flight. 
And so that was one of the things that, that we were talking about too. And so, you know, like we wanted to go to the Olympics here or talk, start talking about the Olympics with this lady. And, but yeah, yeah. Just better to, to pick the battles, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was imagining that going to be a lot worse. You know, you're talking about things at inappropriate times. I thought it was going to be you and another, like a pilot walking through the TSA line and he whips out his 357 SIG T29. He's like, yeah, I thought this was the gun we had to carry in the cockpit now. All right. So, so story time. Uh, two weeks ago, we had a brand new first officer uh, that just completed her initial training. Now she's a former Air Force Academy alumni, right? Uh, you know, so she, she served, she's got a DD-214 now, and she wants to fly civilian side, pass flying colors, life was good. Uh, first overnight, off of training, she's in Everett, Washington. And at Everett, Washington, we have to pass through Normo security. And guess what she has with her? She has her Air Force Academy knife, her graduation knife with her. Uh-huh. And what did TSA confiscate? Well, at, at least they weren't jerks about it, okay? They, they weren't jerks. They said, okay, hey, we got to take it, but we'll hold it for you. you. You can come back later, ship it out, whatever you need to do. So the very next day, my crew was overnighting at Everett. We got the email like, oh, yeah, sure, we'll, we'll pick it up. We'll put it in the mail for you. Yeah, so that's, that's what we did. But, yeah, that, that sort of stuff happens occasionally. Some, some airlines will actually ship it. And I didn't know that would happen until I brought my multitasker through airline security. And that's like a, a super expensive tool that also has a knife on it and things. Um, but I was in Orlando and they were super nice about it. And uh, yeah, they let me ship. I don't, I don't know if anyone else. Not all airlines will let you do that. So don't take your tasker with. Yep. I, uh, I carry a, a trauma kit with me uh, everywhere I go, uh, on the airplane, everywhere. Now, and the funny thing is on the airplane, we, we've got, you know, federal standards for what, you know, medical provisions we have, like uh, AEDs, uh, you know, they've got, you know, some, some uh, medicines, epinephrine and so on, but uh, there are no tourniquets, okay? So I'm always carrying, you know, cat tourniquets and, and trauma shears, which, most TSA folks look at me funny, like, you can't have these. And I'm like, well, actually, we have two trauma shears on the airplane by federal mandate. So I'm pretty sure I can. <laughs> so every once in a while, I'll get, you know, grief from that. But you know, it is rare. Well, depending on the airline that I fly with. Well, I don't know. Are we ever going to fly again? That's a great question, man. Now, of course, me, like, uh, well, so airline crew members, uh, you know, we, we refer to, uh, commuting as like going from Boston to Chicago. Yep. Uh, you know, so, so we hop on a flight to, to commute to work and it's never been better to be a commuter. Uh, mm. But as for the civilian, I mean, there, there's nobody flying. Yeah. It's just, it's so, it's, I mean, th these, these massive airports have become ghost towns. Yep. Well, depending on the airline that I wind up choosing, having those, uh, those shears, it's a lifesaver. Cause if I have guns in a, in a, check bag there's a zip tie now attached yep. and i have no way of taking it off unless i go somewhere to get a, some kind of a cutter or something or a knife or shears help absolutely and and i i travel i fly with guns as well uh back and forth and and i've, I've been, was, this month i was hoping to do a couple competitions but those got canceled so yeah i'm, I'm usually flying with firearms you know in civilian attire uh off the clock uh you know at least once, if not twice a year. Uh, and heck, with gas prices now, I'm like, geez, you know, I might as well just drive. 
As a matter of fact, I'm I'm a bit surprised there there aren't more cross country trips going on, because you're kind of quarantined, getting gas and going through drive-throughs, kind of. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. We, uh, my wife and I, when when we uh, brought our kids out here, we we drove. I flew the kids, and then I came back, and we we drove from Colorado to Arkansas, and uh, you know, I mean, everywhere we went, you know, you were either going through a drive-through or just you know, a gas station. With the exception of Tulsa, man, it looked like uh, the the Olive Garden in Tulsa was absolutely packed. I mean, not a parking spot. Like, who who goes to Olive Garden? Like, come on. Tell you why that is. But yeah, yeah, it was it was crazy. Uh, there there was uh, that to be had. But still, I mean, we're even even traveling in your car. You're you're you know forced to limit contact now. So I can tell you why Olive Garden is that the way it is right now. Uh, my brother-in-law is a manager for Darden Restaurant Group, and Olive Garden is doing a buy one, get one free entree deal at all times that they're open. And the intent is for you to be able to take a meal home and microwave it, but people are using it as ways to feed their families. So it is insane the amount of buy one, get one meal they are pumping out. Wow. That makes sense. So to put it in perspective, uh, their average entree price for the buy one, get one thing that you're paying for is about $12, $13. And they are averaging, at least the one out here in Vegas is averaging fifteen dollars to $18,000 a day in revenue. Wow. And that's with a staff of three, uh, three or four people at any given time in the restaurant. Geez, if you're a business, you know, turning that sort of revenue, do you ever go back to having like a dining room? Like, forget that. You know, <laughs> that's a lot of money. Well, that's the issue that my wife's restaurant was was wrestling with. She is the restaurant manager. She's the general manager of uh, the Golden Steer Steakhouse here in Vegas, and they're the oldest running steakhouse in town. They were debating doing a food truck. They were debating trying to do takeout, but they would not be able to charge the same prices for food that they would in in a sit-down establishment and the flip side of that is if they were able to do it at a lower price for takeout or a food truck how could they then turn around and justify charging their same you know their customers the same price so to them it it was counterintuitive to uh or counterproductive to try and adhere to the standards and make it work they were better off just closing down for now wow Well, I, I've thought about that. So, okay, I'm really <laughs> so, so question for you guys. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, two things. How many of you guys know somebody that, that has the, the virus? And how many of you guys know someone who is currently unemployed? Matt, what do you think? I, don't, I can't think of anyone that I know that has it. And as far as unemployed, I don't know. Travis? I know. Oh, you're going, all right, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Wh- whoever. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm driving, so I, I got to make this quick. I know uh, two people that have the virus. One is currently in Kabul. He is a, uh, a contractor that's over there helping with medical, uh, overseeing medical stuff for, I don't know what base they're on, but helping with the, the medical side of things. He was actually exposed and contracted it from uh, military personnel. And the other one is stateside in New York. Uh, I don't know the full extent, but she 
she has a compromised immune system from a number of other things, tested positive for the disease two or three days ago, and has been just sort of uh, journaling, if you will, day by day, kind of how it's affecting her, how she's feeling, stuff like that. And she's a, uh, a nutritionist by trade, so she was doing one-on-one -on -one things with clients up until she was uh, documented. As far as unemployed, pretty much everyone in Vegas at this point. I mean, whether it's 100% unemployment or reduced hour unemployment like I'm currently on, the, the vast majority, I would say 60% or higher of Vegas is currently unemployed. Good God, man. That's, that's, <laughs> that, wow, that's crazy. Travis, what about you, man? Uh, yeah. So I don't know anybody personally that's got it. Um, supposedly there's somebody here in the town that I live, but I don't know who they are. Um, as far as unemployment, I can think of probably 10 people I know that are unemployed or on temporary duties now because of it. But Man. Nate, what about you, man? Yeah, uh, same thing. Me and Travis live in the same area, so um, same thing. We've been we've been pretty lucky. Just the, I don't know. I guess the way that just the geography works, we're kind of isolated from a lot of huge movement of populations in the valley we live. Um, there's not really a major interstate that goes through the whole valley, so you don't get a lot of people traveling through um, unless they already live here. So I've, I've certainly I've been keeping up on it in the news. They say they've got, there's people that have it here, but once again, it all goes back to the testing. I mean, if you can't test people, there's no way to get a statistically significant number at all. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Yeah, so unemployed? Uh, I don't know. I've been basically here at the house most of the time doing work and stuff like that. I honestly really haven't reached out to a lot of people, but I know it's happening. I mean, I'm just lucky I've got a job now that I can do here from home because a lot of people don't. Yeah, how about you, Ben? Um, my brother is a uh, hotel manager in Madison, and Madison's been hit really hard. Um, and their hotel chain has eight or nine in the city itself. I think they've closed all but one, and uh, he's been laid off. So um, he's stuck at home in a tiny little overpriced apartment. And um, when you're in a big city like that, there's really nowhere to go where you're not exposed to people. So... Um, basically, the entire city is shut down. Um, <clears throat> my sister uh, is an online health coach, so that's going great for her. She's like working um, ass over tea kettle right now because it's playing into everybody's exercise plans and everything. They can't go to gyms and um, they can't go to grocery stores or get the kinds of foods that they want to eat. So um, she's kind of coming up with a lot of adaptive content for that online. Um, uh, and she's also nannying for a uh, 
healthcare provider. So um, she's also working overtime in that regard. Um, so she's doing all right. Um, my mom's a teacher. Um, they're teaching online right now through Zoom. Um, they're doing like an hour of content a day for kids. Um, and it sounds like they're spending more time kind of getting used to this new system than their typical workday would have been otherwise, you know, teaching eight or nine hours a day versus, um, you know, putting out an hour of content per day. They're spending more time dealing with um, the development of online content and establishing communication and that kind of stuff, checking in with kids um, than they would be just, you know, their, their eight to three school schedules. So, um, but uh I'm recovering from surgery. I can't go to PT right now. Um, they called all that off. I'm supposed to be getting all kinds of injections and fun stuff, and that's all called off. So, um, yeah, for me, it's I've, I've been going out. I, I had hip surgery, so I'm going out and getting putting like a mile a day on, just walking around, smoking my pipe, and getting some fresh air. But um, it's definitely um, kind of drawing out that recovery process for me. So. And do you know anybody personally that's, uh, you know, infected with the nope. virus now? Yeah. How about you, Steph? Um, so before I go into it, though, Ben, they called off your injections, like the hospital said no more to that. They called me four or five times within that first week, and they told me a different story every single day. The first day said, use your best judgment and wash your hands a lot. And the second day said, stop all your medications. Don't take your next Humira dose. The day after that said, continue taking your Humira dose and we'll get back to you on the medications. And by the Friday at the end of that week, they said, stop taking Humira altogether. Don't travel. Don't do anything. Don't leave your house. Um, so, so you don't have any more injections to I've do. I've got one more sitting in the fridge. Okay. And if you're going to do it. Bed. Yeah. Okay. Well, then even... And so, though, if they don't give you more, which what they're not going to, right, you're still going to be off your doses. Yeah. yeah. Unless they change their story again. Um, I, I would make some phone calls. I don't know. That is super messed up because. Yeah, navigating the VA healthcare system right now is um, yeah. absolutely pointless, almost counterproductive. Wow. Um, like you can spend five or six hours a day trying to get through to talk to a healthcare provider. It's just, yeah. Do they have a private portal, like message portal? I don't know how VA health. They do. Um, it's really funky and it, it's tough to get to work. Um, for some people, it's really efficient. For my account, for some reason, it's always screwed up. So uh, it's definitely not not as easy as to make it out to be. Um, but yeah. I'm trying to do, I've got a little corner of the basement set up to do PT here. So I'm just kind of doing what my therapist told me to do two weeks ago, the last time I saw him. But. Good. Damn. I'm going to have to look that up. But um, I'm actually kind of upset with how my workplace is handling it. So I have, there's two of my coworkers that I work. So I work in a room, right? It's basically, it has a vault in it. Okay. I live in Minnesota and I'm in the metro. Let's just put it into perspective here. I'm in a, a very populated place in Minnesota. Um, I work in a small room with a vault in it and then electronics people. So I work in a room of about 10 people and it has a big door on it. So there's not any like airflow or anything like that. So what we did was we kicked open the door and then we put a fan there just to keep like air flowing. And then we also kicked out half the people to the bay to work out there. So we kind of split those numbers in half. 
two people um, that were in that room that worked with me went home for two weeks because they had the fever, they had the symptoms, everything like that. They never got tested. Um, so whether or not they had it, I don't know. But either so, like either way, they were sent home. Um, the Army National Guard did not give them like leave or pay them or anything. They had to use their own leave. And so after that happened, after the shop realized, because it's a shop of like 40 people, after the shop was kind of figuring it out, they were realizing like, okay, so it's not an honor system thing. Like people could use this to their benefit and just take two weeks off. So then they basically said like, all right, unless you test positive, you're not going to be paid to stay at home. You're going to have to use your own sick leave, everything like that. And then they also stated, if you get infected from that person who left the job and got, um, and was positive or anything like that, only that if they te test positive and then you test positive, you can actually get your like paid admin leave. So basically you can't blame it on another person unless they get tested and they're not going to get tested because in the state of Minnesota, we're not testing people unless they're of deadly, um, like just super unhealthy, right? I'm blanking on the word. At but, risk? Um, at risk. Yes. Thank you. So the issue with that, and I asked my major about that, the issue with that is we're going to have people who are sick coming into work because how often do people, when they had the flu, and it wasn't even this virus, when they had the flu or the cold, they would come into work and still infect people just like, just like this is going on. They would do that. And they're still going to do that because they don't want to use their leave. And so basically he, the, the answer he gave me was, well, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. And it's like, you can't give that answer to your employees because they, they don't trust you. They don't think you're going to figure it out. So what they're going to do is they're going to come into work. They're going to infect everybody. And then finally, they're going to go back home because they realize, wow, maybe I really do have it. And then all those people are still at risk. And so I'm pretty upset with how it's being handled. Um, and I, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with it, but we haven't gotten to the bad point because there's only been two people in the shop that have gotten it. But once it starts ramping up, which it's still going to do, I think I just listened to the press conference today. I think they were stating it's going to be another ramp up for like another week. Um, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do, but I know like I'm lucky to still be working and everything, but how it's being handled at the shop is just not great. And the reason, and I've, I've been asking to get uh, shifts split like day and night, but the reason they can't do that is because according to like the rules or the laws or whatever, you have to pay your employees more if they're working night shifts. So they won't split shifts either. So basically the only, the only way they have to do it is really just to move stuff around and hope it works. So I don't know. Jeez. So, yeah. so I would imagine in the, the metropolis that you're in, you probably have a whole lot of unemployment too, right? A lot. Yeah. Pretty much everyone I know, my dad was working for a little bit and he finally got the word of he's not going to work anymore uh, yesterday. But what I'm hearing actually going on too is um, people who own their own businesses. The last person I talked to, he actually said his tax lady called him and was like, hey, government's funding $600 a week of this stuff. You could like announce that you're unemployed and then make money off of that because the government's giving that added 600 to the unemployment. So people are, and he didn't do it because like he's not going to screw the government out of their money, but there's a lot of people who now will do that. So all this extra funding now, now there's going to be people announcing that they're unemployed because they own their own business. When in reality, they're, they're still making the same amount of money. 
So right. I, I thought that was pretty interesting. I didn't know that, but no, a lot of people I know are all in, um, unemployed and they're kind of freaking out. And, but in reality, like my dad's going to make more than he actually made at his job right now being on unemployment. So oh, I don't know but the whole psychological that. thing of like being at home all day might be hard for him. So I don't know. Yeah. That, that would drive me up a wall, man. It really would. Okay. Phil, what do you think, man? We've had, so I work for a dealership, right? We've had, the first case was a guy that he went traveling on vacation or something, came back, exposed two texts to it. So he, he popped positive and went home. I think he was there for like a week, went home on a Saturday, really, really sick, lethargic, he just said he couldn't breathe. So they sent him to the quick med. They tested him. He was positive. By that time, there were two techs that worked for that dealership. It wasn't. It wasn't mine. It was one of our uh, sister, our sister stores. Two techs popped positive after that. They got sent home, and after that, management kind of freaked out and goes, "Okay, um, we're going split shifts." I know we know we told you the day before that we're treating this like the flu. If you feel sick, go home, come back when you feel better. But now we're doing split shifts. So all of our dealership blocks are on three-day work weeks. And it was supposed to work out that nobody, like if it was your day off, you weren't allowed at work. But now this, we're two weeks into that, and now we're, switching people shifts and all this other stuff. And it's pretty much just a big joke. Like they're, it's all, you know, feel good stuff. So I know three people because I know the, the techs and I was, I had previous contact with the sales guy that, that got it. So three people. And then one of our guys at the work for the, the store that I work at, his roommate popped positive. So, and um, he got, he got sent home. I mean, he was getting furloughed anyway because he was hourly and that's what we're starting to do now is that our managers realizing that we're not making enough money because we don't have customers. Like we'll, we'll come in, we'll be there for 11 hours a day and maybe everybody, all 12 techs will work on 50 cars, which is 20% of what we usually do. Um, so as far as unemployment goes, uh, where I'm at, I'm in, I'm in Tucson. Uh, there are a lot of places that are closed. Um, you get on social media and stuff and some of the uh, news media, uh, the local like, news scanner page that just talks about all the police activity. Uh, a lot of those people seem unemployed. Um, but getting the, the weird part is, is getting on, so I'm like looking for a job right now. I'm looking for something that's actually going to pay the bills. And there are a lot of employers, especially plumbers, are hiring like crazy. And that goes back to something that I don't remember who said it the other day. They were talking about, I think it was uh, Joe that was talking about the plumbers are going to be making a crap ton of money just because of all the people that are home constantly. But I thought I thought that was an interesting note that by looking for another job, I found out 
there's a whole lot of employers in, in at least in my area that are just they're looking for people they can't get enough people well i, so, I know in tucson uh that bombardier has a facility on the south side of the airport uh and they are parking planes out of the wazoo they're almost out of space yeah. at the airport they're parking planes that that's now, granted, I'm not in Tucson very often, but man, if if I were uh, looking for a steady job, that that would work. Besides being a plumber, jeez. Yeah, and, I, and I've I've been by that place before, and yeah, I mean, usually it was, I mean, it was about like you'd expect from a small town airport. Like it's Tucson Internet, it's still an international airport, but and they had the rolls royce like engineers here they had the big 747 where they test all the engines obviously they've got davis monthan right there with the regeneration group and um but yeah they're, they're, there's a lot of planes down there and it's not just the graveyard oh yeah well the graveyard is already packed you know but i mean the the actual you know like uh delta's crj fleet is just almost entirely there just parked in I mean, there's a couple of uh, airports that have actually closed runways so they could park airplanes on the runways. Yeah. You know, they're running out of space. Oh, geez, man. Yeah. I mean, the only guys that are doing good as far as um, are like FedEx, UPS, you know, those guys that are running the uh, freight. I mean, the, yeah. the FedEx pilots don't do a whole lot anyway, but... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Did you did you hear that FedEx and UPS are actually going to merge? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're going to be fed up. Yeah, that's nice. an old joke. So Phil's I, Phil's I, been I, part I of primary I, and secondary since 2015. This is the most he's ever spoken. The record. It is the apocalypse, man. I gotta I gotta talk now. This Let it out. Dang. Okay. Social outlet for the week. Are you saying yeah. he's weak? Looks pretty strong to me. All right, Chris. Tell me, man. Uh, yeah, so I, unemployment. I, I'll fire. say. Say again. I'll say this though. So, uh, and Phil could probably even back this up. So I just just recently stopped. Uh, having to go into work. I've been working with students all the, all the way up until the, the other day. And um, until Tucson instituted, uh, you know, the, just the dine-in, kind of dine-in, take-out, there was still, I was amazed at the amount of uh, just general traffic of people being out in public. It was yeah. If it was the same, if not more than normal. And like I said, so when I was going, I would literally go up there for day trips to, 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 uh, to, to work with students and then come back. But I was up and driving pretty much all around Tucson. And uh, the traffic and the people that were out was amazing. It seemed like there was actually, like we were talking about uh, the, the traffic through Olive Garden and, and the revenue. Everyone is hitting all of those restaurants and the CVSs and the, the supermarkets. And if anything, it seemed to me like there was more people out uh, all the way up until last week um, than I'd expect considering how, how kind of paranoid and everyone's kind of trying to uh, self-isolate and stay out of large groups. There was actually a lot of people uh, not even really kind of keeping six feet from each other 
in public spaces. Yeah. And I, I know it's different everywhere, but like here, like we're primarily where I was working, there's only eight confirmed cases. Uh, I know Tucson's higher, but um, within Arizona, I forget there's like fairly low compared to other places, but still it seems like there's a lot of people still out and about despite what everyone, uh, you know, what's going on. These grocery store rushes, man. I, I swear grocery stores, we're going to find out that within the next couple of weeks, they're the number one source of the spread. I mean, everybody's rushing to grocery stores. Everybody's packed in there in lines and, you know, fighting for, for food and teepee. And that's the biggest population density we have across the United States right now. I found it interesting that, and I don't know if this is true or not, the only confirmation are my parents are back in Indiana, right? And uh, I heard a story that Walmart was restricting sales in their stores to only uh, essential items like, you know, food or anything I guess they deem essential and taping up, like putting the yellow caution tape over everything else. Yeah, I saw a picture of that from one of the Walmarts. They had all their rods and reels, you know, taped up. I'm like, well, great. I guess uh, f fishing is non-essential. Okay, yeah. It is in some places. Exactly. It is here in Wisconsin. They've been really pumping it. They've uh, All state parks are free, all basically um, fishing and that kind of stuff. They want people to get outside as a means of coping, which is really smart to me. I know, like, Minnesota, we discussed last night, a lot of these other states are closing that shit off when – that could be your, I mean, that's potential state revenue. You get people hooked on outdoor recreation and that's more people getting plugged in long-term into state park stickers and all that other stuff, fishing licenses, what have you. Like, why not promote that stuff? This is a perfect opportunity. Like, get out, spend some family time, um, teach your kids how to fish. And, I mean, it seems to me like that's the kind of thing you'd want to put on the end aisle display. A lot of the states have pretty much like done away with like the fishing licensing like oh no park permits whatever da, 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 da. you know just come and enjoy they're doing you know the free fishing stuff right now like oh no you don't need the license right now just go ahead and you know they're trying to get more people i guess out or you know getting that involved but it's yeah i don't know if that's good bad or indifferent but a lot of the states that i've seen that come through a lot of my feeds on stuff from all the various outdoor networks from all the states and stuff in their DNR or whatever they're called, you know, whatever state, their natural resource uh, divisions have been implementing, you know, free park stuff, free fishing weeks, uh, any of that right now. And that, that's an interesting note with the park thing that um, I live near Sabino Canyon or my, my commute takes me by there sometimes, uh, depending on which way I go and drove by there the other day. And I, I've lived here for a number of years <clears throat> and I have never seen Sabino Canyon parking lot so packed. Like there were people parking on the side of the street so they can have a place to park and go into the park. I, I've, I've never seen that park that busy before. Jeez. Yeah, I think that's in part because they closed the, the state parks um, and then like those little small parks like that, they, you know, that's the only place people have to go now. Because that hit us right at the bend because we sometimes use the, the federal and state parks and 
when as soon as they closed that off, like everyone just started, like whole families. You'd see just whole families, like of five, six people and the dog walking down trails and they're just because no one wanted to stay inside. Have a guy in the chat said that Tennessee is shutting down all of their state parks. Tennessee, come on, man. God. Yeah, Wisconsin shut down some of their lakes and stuff. Which... I just read the DNR's page, and they say all waters are open for fishing. Um, certain ramps are closed, but the ones that are open, boat ramp fees are waived. Um, they don't want people to travel across the state to go fishing, but they're saying, like, get out, go fishing as, as a coping mechanism. Um, you still, apparently you do still need a license in Wisconsin, but, um, basically all the public ac access is still open. Yeah. I, I've got turkey season opening up in like 10 days. So I'm just, I'm getting ready for that. <laughs> that's, that's going to be me sitting on my deck with a cup of coffee, waiting for, waiting for them to walk through the backyard. So, the so they, they're still letting you guys do that or you're just going to go out in the backyard and get your gun on? No, we can still do that. I'm just going to get my gun on my backyard because I'm surrounded by 600 acres of farm fields and woods, so I don't really care. <laughs> right on. Mm -hmm. Well, that does make me wonder, too, just how many new hunters and new shooters are going to be out as a result of this. You know, and if you're looking at food shortages, oh, my gosh, I mean, go be a hunter, right? So yeah, that, that'll be interesting <laughs> to see, especially in the 2A community, how many more pro 2A people that brings in. They're going to try to hunt. <laughs> That's the key word. They're going to try. Right. Yeah, exactly. They're going to be lost with the orange vest, you know, walking in circles. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. yeah there's oh, a, I don't know about, I'm sure everyone could probably relate to it, but like there's been a huge, like when I go into the local kind of gun store, which is actually a feed store, there was always a case full of guns in that. And they're, cause they're kind of higher priced. Um, it's like a cow ranch feed store. And I went in there a couple weeks ago and the counter like the, all the glass counters was decimated. There's only, a, you know, there was a few rifles on the wall, but a lot of stuff had been bought out. There's guys filling out forms right then and there trying to buy stuff. There's people buying, I, I've noticed a huge surge in the, in the gun sales, even in some of the, like, what I'll call it like a semi-rural area where everyone has a gun anyways. I mean, it even, even in the semi-rural areas, people are buying guns like, like they're going to stop making them. Around here, it's the feed stores that still have guns. Um, the fleet farms and farm and fleets and that kind of stuff. I've been watching those aisles pretty closely and uh, seeing what ammo is still in stock. And they still, I mean, it, uh, the, AR, the AR, ARs are gone, but they didn't have a great selection anyway. Um, a lot of the ammo got picked over, but what's left on the shelves is kind of a good indicator. Like, I'm probably going to buy a 20 gauge after all of this because there's a shit ton of 20 gauge ammo still on the shelves. Yeah, yeah. You know, 20 gauge and 410 always seems to be the ones people overlook. You know, funny too, uh, when, when the, the first of the ammo started to, to you know, get dry, right, you know, to go out of stock, uh, I noticed that 40 was one of the first in my neck of the woods that, that went out. I'm like, really? 40? I mean, 2010, that was the only thing on the shelf. Around yeah. here, that's, uh, that's, that's all that's left is 40. The 45 and 9 millimeter is gone. And there's still discounted 40 on the shelves. Yep, 40 and uh, 357. It seems to be the big the one. If you've got those calibers, there's plenty to be choose from. I've got a 9-millimeter Makarov, and those prices haven't budged at all. And that's, I mean, nowadays with HSTs and stuff, that's not a bad self-defense option. Yeah. 
you could do a lot right. worse. Chris, man, what about you? Unemployment or know anybody with the uh, the coronavirus? Uh, so all of my friends are rich and healthy. So I don't know about you guys, but um, no, I'm fortunate. Stop that, being poor. <laughs> I'm fortunate that most of, most of my friends are, are doing real well. Um, no new troubles as of yet, other than the status quo across the board. Uh, my girlfriend's sister, she came out here to stay with us. She fled Brooklyn, got out in time, did the two-week quarantine. And we're in good shape, so that's good. The uh, Some of the stuff coming out in New York is pretty bleak, unfortunately. But if it, uh, if it serves as a cautionary tale, then perhaps it won't be in vain. But aside from that, things here in Austin are, are pretty chill. There's bread lines at every grocery store. You know, we're now wearing, everybody's was instructed, obviously, across the country, hey, probably should wear a bandana, like, you know, like you're rustling groceries when you go out. So that's weird. But overall, we've been staying in. I was thinking about hitting the indoor range today, and then I'm like, ah, you know, maybe, maybe I'll get my dry fire on. I did have the presence of mind to pick up a couple uh, CO2-powered BB guns to, one, depredate the squirrels from my garden in the backyard, and two, just to, to work the dry fire thing. So the uh, I have this little SIG P365, which is my summer gun, because you see, as it gets warmer and warmer here, I dress sluttier and sluttier. So I need a smaller and smaller gun to go with my skimpier and skimpier clothes. So I picked that one up a while ago and I got the, the BB gun version of it so I can actually work out of the holster and things a little lighter, but otherwise a dead ringer. But, you know, pretty relaxed. We ordered some chickens, you know, so ordered some chickens. I'm, get, I'm getting ready to be a South Congress suburban warlord, but I've been training my entire life for that. So all's good. With chickens now. With right. chickens, with chickens. They can call me the, the chicken king. Oh God! How I many chickens it, are you getting? We're starting with eight. You know, we just got a, We got a small coop set up. We was gonna build my own, and then the old lady was like, "Well, I just bought one." I'm like, oh shit, that's easy. So if it ever stops yeah. raining here, we'll get it set up. We're hoping to do it this weekend, but we've been having some uh, flash floods in neighboring counties. Uh, rains came in pretty hard. So, but yeah, we started with eight. We'll figure we'll lose a couple. My dog Meech. I know Steve's a, a big fan. Meech is, uh, he likes to eat chicken. So we'll see how it goes. He's also real dumb. He's a good boy, but he's real dumb. So it'll be a, a, a bit of a, a bit of an uphill battle to socialize him to the, to the chickens. Bright side, if he doesn't kill him, we get eggs. If he does kill him, I save money on dog food. So. So we've been talking about getting some chickens and with the police dog and a little dog business I got going on. My wife's like, we're going to lose all of them to your dogs. And I was like, well, saves on dog food then. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. We're, I figure I'll try to socialize into the chicks. That way he gets their smell and everything. And they're small enough that I can, you know, hold them <clears> and be <throat> like, Hey, retard don't. So we'll see. We'll see if that works. Um, don't you pick on Meech. Don't you hey, say that? He's him. a good boy, but that he's doesn't mean he's a smart ever. boy. Best dog ever. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm, I am curious, though, like in Austin, what, even, you know, all of Texas, really, just how, you know, unemployment will go, because, well, even historically, that's been one of the least, uh, or the areas that are least affected with, you know, economic downturns. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I haven't looked at the uh, the recent unemployment numbers here. I know that crime has been climbing, a lot more property crime, some more violent crime. I've gotten some some reputable reports that there's uh, upticks across the nation in grocery store parking lot theft, yep. and then also uh, folks following people home and doing the whole follow you into the house and take your nice things. So, a good friend of mine actually uh, had a couple of crackheads roll up on him in a parking lot out in Phoenix. And uh, fortunate, fortunately, he was able to de-escalate the situation by escalating a shopping cart over one of the crackheads, but it didn't didn't go beyond that. So it's just, uh, you know, we we've implemented the the two man rule here. So if we go to a store where we will, where we will be parking and uh, work in that transitional area, it's a two man rule. Curbside pickup for most things in general, just mitigating our exposure, reducing our threat surface as much as possible. Brilliant, man. Brilliant. I wish more people would especially have the buddy system going on, right? Yeah, you know, oh. it's not the odds. It's the stakes. That was right. the first thing Steve told me because, like, I do live in a sh I live in St. Paul. It's not great. It's shitty. And Steve was like, you, bet, you might want to think about just being with somebody, like, during this who lives kind of out in the middle of nowhere more so because – Crime is already heavy there. It's already in the summertime. We already know it picks up. When this starts, like people are going to be bored. People still need to put food on their table and they're going to find ways to do it. So yeah, you might not have had a lot of crime now, but be ready. And that was like the first thing he told me, just like get out of there. And yeah, it's crazy because it's really happening now. Yeah, I equated it to a, a, a Normo friend of mine here the other day of fighting season, right? I mean, you know, hey, Afghanistan, it's it's the, the warm months, that's the fighting season. So, hey, get ready for it. Cool. Jeff, hey, you've been quiet, man. Tell me, what's up, dude? Coronavirus and unemployment, go. I've been hiding. Uh, so, I'm in Texas, too. I'm in the Dallas area. Um Personally, yeah, got some uh, some of my wife's friends who uh, they actually went out and tried to pick up their son from New York and get him home. And surprise, surprise, they brought some other stuff back with them. Uh, doing okay for the most part. They're they're still in quarantine. Uh, uh, from a professional standpoint, for most of the group, probably doesn't know me. Uh, I do. Uh, I'm the head of uh, security and emergency management for a financial corporation in the Dallas area. So, you know, we're critical infrastructure, so we're open regardless of whatever else happens. Um, we've managed in the last two weeks to get about 80% of our workforce working from home. Uh, we were very lucky that back in uh, December, we were coming due to uh, upgrade a bunch of uh, computers and software, went ahead and bought a bunch of computers uh, a bunch of laptops, a bunch of new desktop computers, and worked out pretty well that we ended up sending the majority of people home with a new computer to be able to work off of VPN access and uh, all kinds of other apps and stuff that were needed to be able to do whatever they did. So we're running, we're running about 20%. Uh, my, 
my current job right now is I'm spending about half my day screening the 20% the of the employees coming in the door, uh, which is always fun. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm, uh, I also, back in January, when I saw this uh, start to jump, as soon as it left China and we started getting cases outside of China, uh, I started buying uh, N95s, gloves, additional, uh, you know, additional decontamination stuff. So we've, we've got a decent amount, uh, certainly not enough to prolong this for, you know, more than six months without a resupply. But, uh, you know, as I'm screening, I'm, I'm wearing masks, I'm wearing gloves. Uh, changing clothes afterwards we uh, we have a locker room I'm, I'm showering and cleaning decontaminating after i do screenings every morning trying to come home uh doing the same thing when i get home every day just because i'm i'm interacting with every single person walking in the building um so we've had uh you know from an unemployment standpoint with our company everyone vast majority of everybody's able to work from home so we don't have any major issues there. In the first week of screening, I did have to send uh, probably about 10 people home who had very mild fevers. Uh, about half of those have already made it back. They've, you know, they went to their doctor, they got checked out, they found something else that, that you know, could have uh, answered for the fever and uh, have, have subsequently no fever. They've managed to make it back to the office, I've, but I've still got about four or five that have been sent out and haven't come back. Uh, you know, we're, we're running a policy of if you, if you show up with a fever, you're bare minimum 14 days before you come back to the office. And even then we're still gonna check you again. Trying, trying as best we can to keep it out of the office. So that's where we are. Yeah, I used to uh, to live in Waxahachie, and I'm I'm very familiar with the the Dallas area. Yeah, it's uh, I'm, matter of fact, I've got a, a, a brother-in-law that is uh, McKinney PD. Oh yeah, so they're 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 working it hard, man. That, well, that's I, that, so that's where I live. I actually live up in McKinney, um, and the ver the very first case in DFW that popped in DFW uh, lives about a block away. So that was that was good news. No, oh, that hit home fast. Uh, as as far as my company is concerned, uh, the the crew we have a crew domicile or base in in DFW, and the flying is so uncertain there right now that yeah. instead of the the crews being given trips, everyone's simply on call and they're just calling like, "Hey, we're actually going to work a flight. We need you." <laughs> so, oh man, it's crazy times. Yeah. Really crazy. So. I mean, it's, it's here. There's, you know, every, everyone's seeing the same thing for the most part. I think it's just a question of who's locking down more extreme, what businesses are shutting down versus what businesses are staying open. You know, being in McKinney, I'm in Collin County, just north of Dallas County, and there's significant differences between Dallas and Collin County on, on what's being locked down and what the requirements are. So uh, what we are finding is whatever Dallas does, within a week or so of that, or within a few days of that, uh, most of the outlying counties are, are following suit with it, so. Now, have you seen any de-escalation of restrictions and whatnot thus far in Texas? Uh, no, I wouldn't say any de-escalation. I've seen some clarifications. 
where a statement will be put out about something and then two days later people have freaked out and panicked and they've had to come back and clarify it. But no, no de-escalations yet. Everything's continuing to ramp up. Yeah, that's my fear that it's just perpetually escalating. I mean, I, I was happy in, in uh, Colorado where the governor previously said that, you know, the liquor stores were non-essential and needed to be closed. And, right. <laughs> and then three that, hours later, it's like, oh, clarification. They're that essential. didn't work out too well. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, oh. I think some of these, some of these governors are going to come back to regret some of the measures they have taken during this process of trying to figure out the best way to handle the situation. I know a number of people who I'm close with who are in Texas are very unpleased with the idea of being fined if they are seen in public without a mask, mm -hmm. which is understandable. I mean, in most places in the country, you can't get a mask on demand. I mean, yesterday I well, spent exactly. an hour looking around. Well, Can we talk about and, something and, important like M9 springs? <laughs> M9, there, there's nothing important that. Yeah, call Alan I, Duggar I second, at Co. Uh, Steve's proposal. Call, call Alan yeah. Duggar at Spring Co. Tell him you've got an M9 and you need springs. The end. No. I'm just kind of really curious what the, uh, you know, the oiling points are. Yeah, that's what I want to know. Stuff. What are the oiling points on the M9 and how much oil and what weight? All, all You're not it. interested. I'm not interested entertaining this so keep on with good your job, bad Steph. selves good job you missed it last night joe you missed it last night i'm interested in actually hearing about how much a bandana really like saves yourself from this because <laughs> well, i'm just about like, as good as it keeps you from getting pregnant else. that's about as good dude co cotton co cotton collects fluids so 100 you know, percent efficacy rate just Steve. so dumb because yeah. everyone's Tell making, it. like, and I talked about this, everyone's making these masks, right? And they're like, oh, we're doing such good things for the community and stuff. And But I, you're giving people a false, a false sense of, like, protection. And like Ben said, if that, like you just said, it makes it worse if cotton holds that stuff. Like, what are we doing? Because I haven't seen anything actually come out publicly stating, like, how those masks work or if they protect it's anybody it's all about the feels, Steph, the feels. <laughs> so, I mean, well, as far as like the actual answer to the question is, just, yes. it's, to, it's not that you're going to, it's going to prevent you from breathing. It's if you're going to breathe out, it's just the water vapors, the spittle that comes out of your mouth, you know, them you know, coming out of your mouth onto other people, even if you're asymptomatic or, or uh, coughing so on people. But so, yeah, like, it's not going to, yeah, it's not really, it's about as effective and, and it's not, supposed to be like an N95 that they're just trying to I guess reduce the amount of vaporized spittle coming out of people's faces just put so, a condom over your head so say they have their bandana right and then they take it off at the end of the night and then they put it on the next day and they put it on backwards does that <laughs> like <laughs> well I mean that's <laughs> or they like take it off and they good. use it to blow their nose. <laughs> yeah. The FTX oh. underwear trick. Yeah, I don't think that's going to work on your mask. Isn't it, isn't it also like the reusable condom trick? Yeah. Just turn it inside out. You'll be good. So today I was, I was, with, I was with my girls and we went to Arby's for, for dinner. And, you know, they got the drive through open. And so 
we go through the drive-through and get up there to pick up our food and this girl who's given us our food she has a mask it's down around her chin and b before she opens the window she pulls the mask up gets our food and hands us the food out the window and uh, I sat there because she forgot the Arby's special sauce so she 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 had pulled the mask off of one ear at this point it was dangling from one ear and so she put the mask back up now it's hooked underneath her nose right and she goes to open the door and she realizes she, mind you she has no gloves on either she realizes that the mask is hooked underneath her nose so she goes to put the mask over her nose and as she does so she casually wipes her nose with her hand and i was like never mind we don't need sauce <laughs> sounds like you got the secret sauce yeah. Exactly. exactly. Like you, you clearly don't understand proper PPE use. <laughs> so much for aseptic technique. Right, exactly. You I, know, I that's like, something I was actually thinking about today. They all the public messages and they're putting out to people. And like for, for the military people, we can talk, you know, decon down and away, understand the whole hot zone, warm zone, cold zone kind of concept spot. But I'm surprised they're not putting you know, a, a watered down version of that out to the public. People aren't spreading that information more because it seems like some of the, the practices, like I, like I see the same thing out in public. People have a mask on, but it's like underneath their nose, their nostrils are exposed. I'm like, and they're just, they're not practicing proper, uh, you know, procedures as far as how, how they're trying to prevent this. And I think that's probably something that needs more public awareness. Uh, to the I general think, public. I mean, I don't even know if they're too public worried. awareness would fix it. I think people are fucking lazy. Oh yeah, they are. No, they're, they're too worried about my. They're, they're too worried about my rights being violated, being told they got a shelter in place, or the next. You know, what are we going to do next? And you know, the great boogaloo, and they're all worried about all this other BS, and they're all you know tied up in their conspiracy theories of how this is a five G. I mean, be, even at a more fundamental yeah. level than that, yeah, where did that world, come people from? Where did the whole five G personal responsibility for themselves? Much less responsibility for the, how their actions affect the people around them. Right. No, I, right. I saw people today on the road in their cars by themselves with masks on. That seems kind of odd to me. Just, <laughs> Fuck, at least they're on. You know? yeah. uh, they were on, that's for sure. But that uh, I'm driving and I'm looking and I'm like, what the hell? That lady has a respirator on in her car by herself. Yeah, I, so like, I saw and a guy. If you have a Tesla, you can put it in NBC mode, and it'll do that for you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just going to start driving around with my 53 on in my goggles. <laughs> well, like, listening to these press conferences, so the, the main doctor, he's actually pretty smart, but he's been talking about social distancing a lot. But when you listen to the actual press ask their questions, nobody asks these specific questions. They ask kind of about the masks, like how many are there and everything like that. And they only ask about the one specific mask, but they don't ask the, the specific questions like, okay, well, how do they wear them? Like Chris mentioned and everything like that. And so, and like Chris said, the public can't even rely on these pet press conferences with this doctor to get the information. So what they have to do for themselves is research it. Because well, they're only going to ask so many questions because they want to be invited back. Well, yeah, and the press are really, idiots yeah. anyway. The press, the I, press yeah. strike me as idiots that have one thing in mind to entrap people. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced personally that Fauci's that bright anyway. 
I've had several doctors contact me in the last couple of weeks, guys who are neurosurgeons and whatnot that are clients of mine. And they're like, yeah, you know what a, you know what an epidemiologist is? The guy who couldn't make it in any other kind of medicine. He still makes more money than all of us. Either way. Because he works for the government. <laughs> as, as an attorney, I can tell you a lot of idiots make a lot of money. And a lot of us mm -hmm. idiots make very little. So, you know. That's, that's absolutely the truth. <laughs> I'm surprised there haven't, hasn't been like PPE standards for grocery store workers. You know, grocery stores are like the absolute number one most essential thing that the government's trying to protect right now. And not right. just that, but they've all restricted their hours. So we're all jammed in the store from 6.30 to 6.30 instead of my normal 1 a.m. shopping trips. You know, it's in... And nobody's wearing PPE, but we're all extra yeah, packed the, in there. Stockers aren't wearing That's gloves. if they're letting you so in the, the store. Getting the stuff off the trucks aren't wearing gloves or masks, you know? Um, I mean, all of, our, all of our local grocery stores have, the, the workers are all wearing PPE. They're wearing masks and, and gloves. And the grocery store, now this is small town America, but the grocery stores and the hardware stores and the feed stores have all put up plexiglass shields that you have to stand behind when you're at the register. Very, very odd. A lot of the big places around here have gone to, uh, like Costco, for instance, has gone to a controlled point access. So they got, they got a, people with a clicker coming in, and they got the people with the clicker coming out, and two come out, two come in. You know. Yeah. Yep. Um, I actually saw a guy with a homemade mask last night. It was, it was awesome. It was like the most New Orleans thing I'd seen. It, it, the guy had a, a, a Crown Royal bag. <laughs> that was like, right just, on. I, I asked fill it, yeah, you just fill it with charcoal. That well, you know, I asked him about it. And I said, well, "Who made who made that mask?" And it's like his wife. It was well done. His wife made him a mask. And I said, "Well, you know, with now the pouch." I said, "Can you slip a like possibly a filter into that pouch?" You know, like the like the dude had online where he was taking like HEPA filters and shit. And he goes, "Oh man, I didn't think of that." And I was like, "Okay, well, you know, have a good one." But, there you go. Uh, <laughs> he went straight home and somebody, cut up some vacuum cleaner bags. Yep. Yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> somebody in chat just said that their sister works at Kroger and they were instructed to not wear any PPE so that they didn't scare customers. Right on. Well, yeah, you know, it's it was very communist Chinese and I hate it. I mean, a couple weeks ago, Fauci himself was on, on the news telling people that wearing masks was detrimental. I mean, these guys, they can't make up their mind what's good and what's what's not. So Well, we, we know it's not detrimental. The thing is, they didn't want us to go rush and buy masks yeah, so that yeah. we could get them to the medical personnel. Yeah, and so if you read lying, the current so, statements, now so, they're saying wear a bandana, wear a fucking dirty yeah. sock or a so jock lying, strap and donate. Lying to the general public is an excuse. My, yeah. my sock might be really standard operating procedure. crusty. Yeah, it is. It's SOP. <laughs> so when are we going to start seeing masks for dogs like the dog that Cole has? <laughs> they can't carry it anymore. They can't carry the virus. Right. I'm going to make a, one of those World War One horse gas masks for my dog. Dude, that would be terrifying. Awesome. It'd be terrifying. 95-pound <laughs> pit bull with a pro mask on? Mask. That'd scare the shit out of me. <laughs> you get the Halloween muzzle with the big fangs and put it over the gas mask? I've been working on making like a DACA version of a plague mask with the beak, you know? Bring out your dad. You know, honestly, it would probably work as well as a bandana. It'd probably keep people the fuck away from me, too. <laughs> oh, that's for sure. 
just go full steampunk for the plague. Just, uh, you know, like. Does anybody have a top hat I can borrow? Glue some gears to your hat and like just walk around. <laughs> you could probably 3D print something like that. I know a buddy of mine 3D printed his own mask apparatus that he can put N95 filters on, and it looks very similar to that. It's got like big skull teeth and shit on it. That's <laughs> awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, his uh, managing unknown contacts. Dude, is he, he can, is, yeah. he, is he taking orders? Because I will straight up buy one of those. <laughs> he probably would. His his name is Doug Larson. You can find him on Facebook. Okay. Uh, look, look at uh, Dragonfire Studios. Uh, okay, I'll check him out for real. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty cool, man. When I saw it, I was like, oh, shit, that's crazy. He, airbrushed, <laughs> he, he airbrushed it all apocalyptic and shit. He wears it all the time. Well, yeah, I got to go to court on Monday, so and it's it's known to be in the jail, and we had a deputy die from it. So, oh, shit. as soon as I meet my in custody clients on Monday, I'm gonna have it. That's pretty much. Oh. If you don't make it, we will tell your story. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is a buddy I was uh, in group with, and he's a uh, he's actually a PA, and he's working in uh, in Texas in the Dallas Fort Worth area at the hospitals, and uh, someone has come up with like a kind of like a. A, a rough version of a, a respirator slash like almost like an O2 mask we wear when we jump halo and uh, they can 3D print it, but it's, the difference is it's got a, a space in the front so you can put an actual HEPA, HEPA filter in it. Um, and they were just, you know, talking about doing something like that and making it available though. I guess the blueprints or the instructions so people could 3D print it. It wasn't perfect. It's more like, to me, it looked more like, a, you know, kind of like a rough shell. It didn't look like it'd be very comfortable for very long. But it was something that you could reuse just by, you know, dropping in the HEPA filters uh, and replacing them as needed. It wasn't perfect by any means, but it's something that uh, people are working on. It I think would probably be the better bet. Um, but for like the dogs, I know we've been using uh, just the anesthesiologist. They got like a a large mu it fits over the dog's muzzle. When we started doing those, when we started jumping dogs. We had an O2. We built some O2 masks for dogs. You could do the same thing if you wanted to build a a, a mask for your dog. It's it's fairly easy to, to rig something like that up. How they even make them now? Well, I, I feel like they have to make you know standardized seaburn masks for dogs if they're going to run any kind of gas or you know pepper products. So. How about them M9 springs? I'm over it. I was so like, so a bummer that last night's didn't actually record, like a super big bummer, because I put out a lot of good info, but everyone was super bored by it, especially Steve. He definitely shut me down like five times, but it's okay. Matt was there. I was there. You know, with everything that's going on, I'm excited to see what products Magpul's gonna produce. Special gas mask pouches and DACA pouches, respirators. filters. Yeah. Well, Opsco is probably going class. crazy selling their mask now. So stop selling all the ones that yeah, they're forty days backed up. All of a sudden, gas mask bags have a have another purpose in life. I I actually thought it was kind of sad when we had Yari on here the other night, and uh, he was telling because I had been looking at his website about masks and stuff, and I kept seeing that they're out of stock, and then he told us that they can't ship them to the U.S. Yep. I was like, that's really unfortunate because 
they have all the old, cool, Cold War masks that scare the shit out of people. <laughs> all the weird iron curtain shit. Yeah, like, like the Polish masks from post-World War II era. Those things are cool as hell, but they can't ship them here. So, Hey, Chris, you brought up something about people being lazy. And uh, mm -hmm. I have a Magpul product here in my hand, a, a D50. To unload it real fast, do I just pull this right here? Absolutely not. Oh, okay. To unload it really fast, you put it on a full auto ART and shoot it. He gets it. I wonder if that. I wonder if your mag is still up in the uh, team room, Matt. Probably is. I hope so. I'll have to ask Rich. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be pretty butthurt if it's not there, but I know you'll break another one when you go back. So. I hope so. Not a I'll D50 what, though. I'll break a D60. Yeah. I have more. I'll tell you what, putting putting a D60 through an M16 is fun as hell. It's a blast. It's Thirty, I imagine. Oh, it's more fun than that. <laughs> it's a belt fed without a belt. Pretty much. <laughs> and when you have four of them sitting there side by side, and you can just pop one in and pop one out, you can damn near melt a barrel. <laughs> Speaking of which, what's what's the word on the uh, pistol caliber drums? They're coming along. Yeah, they're coming along. We're still we're still tracking to, to our original schedule, so we're looking here before too long. Can't give away any secret dates, but no. What pretty Adam, stoked on making them on? Uh, Glock short tower that is PCC compatible. Oh. It is not compatible with Glock handguns, and then we're doing a, a Scorpion pattern magwell or scorpion magwell compatible variant as well right on. So, so you're gonna so you're gonna make me build another post sample with a glock <laughs> lower instead of the proper colt lower that was actually part of our calculus we're like here's what we need to do so he has to build another one uh-huh yes yeah, for jazz supporting the scorpion is is awesome thanks for going to those links because that entire community is just it was needed that yeah, it's uh, you know, is just retarded. You running the can on yours now, Matt? Oh yeah. It's the micro. Mm. Yes. Well, it's more medium now. What can you got on that? It's average size. It's average size. Uh, some form of dead air. Nice. Damn. So the thing I need to do is build another dais. Then I can just build an integrally suppressed SBR on a Glock lower, put the dais in it. And that way I can use the Glock drum mags for the mag poles coming up with. Sounds like a good plan. That, that's the ticket. Then I'll have a dais. Then I'll have a dedicated M16 9mm and 5.56 and Bam. 308. Then I'll have a dais 308, a dais 9mm, and a dais 5.56 gun. Got to catch them all. Yeah, like that'll work. Pokemon. Yeah. At some point, though, you just have too much shit. <laughs> Let me know when you get there. No, I, I'm there. I have five safes worth of shit, like <laughs> giant safes. And, you know, I was putting stuff away the other night, and I'm like, fuck, I don't even have room to put a paper clip in these safes. <laughs> 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.